welcome to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 44. Yes, 44. This is the shallow end of horror, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Dave Z, I'm the guy who's useless without my notes, and that's a fact. I'm going to bring in the crew tonight. We have, first, the man who is finally being vindicated, and he deserves to be. He deserves to be. And he better not get used to me blowing him like this because it's not going to happen again. But, Christian, what's up? You're all teeth. <laughs> That's it. That's all I've got. I, I do. I feel vindicated. I didn't get as much love as I wanted on the Facebook page, but that's okay. That's okay. And, of okay. course, if you don't know what we're talking about because we didn't introduce that well oh, right. at all. It, it's, Can I introduce uh, the other people first? Can I? Yeah, you could. Are we just gonna have you and I talk for ten minutes about Tom Savini? Really? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Who's I that? Need be, I, I need no introduction. You need an introduction. I'll tell you why you need an introduction because you are the man that I'm giving blame to. This oh, is gosh. the opposite. Why is every, everybody's I'm, been yelling at me this week? I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling. I'm just <laughs> saying that I'm personally holding you responsible because Lord. you lost my thrill at Cherry Hill, and you know what I'm talking about, Feruza, freaking. Did not show up all of a sudden. As soon as you told us you were going to that freaking thing, Feruza freaking bailed. Well, the the restraining order was an issue, so <laughs> the the judge decided that it would be best if she just stayed behind this time. Okay, all right, fair enough. So yeah, that's Brandon, everybody. In case you didn't know. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and and special, very special guest tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. She's one half. Of the girls in the back row, she's one half of the Test Pattern podcast, and in a very short time, she's become one of my favorite podcasters. This is Tab. What's up? Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Your mic, your mic is so much better than ours. I, I said it before, before we started recording. I'm going to say it again. It's just too good for the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good for our life. <laughs> yes. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you Thank for you saving me from Christian. Oh, <laughs> Tab, if you don't know who that is, that's Control-Alt-Delete. <laughs> oh, my God. I told you the jokes are horrible today. Oh, man. All right. No- nothing I say for the rest of this show will even compare to that. Although, to be honest, Christian, I was thinking along the lines all week. I'm like... Something with the keyboard. I'm like, what am I going to say? But I came up with nothing, so I'm glad you made the joke. <laughs> That's the caliber. I'm sorry, Tab. That's the caliber of comedy on yeah. this show. Yeah. No, I'm just happy to be here, so thank you guys. <laughs> and only, Chris, only Christian and Tab can see, as well as I can, but for the listeners, we also have the Unabomber joining us. <laughs> I thought it was Dave Z, but it looks like the Unabomber. It looks like he's recording from a remote location, and he's got a very long... Wickedly gray beard. Wickedly gray. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, wear, Robin he's wearing an American uh, flag T-shirt, like all those extremists do. It's not even an American flag. I mean, there's an American flag on it, but do you see what's on it? Is that Rocky? Oh, Rocky. Is that Rocky yes. Four? That yes. is Rocky Four. It's Rocky Four. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, Tab. We got to ask you the question: Rocky Four or A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two? What's your choice? Well, I would say I've only ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. I've never seen Rocky IV, so I have to go with that one by default. I'll take it. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Even though I'm wearing the Rocky IV shirt, I wanted your answer to be Nightmare on Elm Street 2, because I, I do consider it better. Yes. 
Awesome. <laughs> Still the oddest question ever. <laughs> Only on this show does it make sense. I know. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, Tab, no Rocky, huh? You, you don't like... Are you just a straight... No, I know you're not straight horror because... Yeah, the whole test pattern thing in the beginning. This is what... I weird. horror? No, no, listen. I horror? What are you talking about? She said she's straight horror. I asked if you... She, she oh. said she's not straight <laughs> Wow! All right. I didn't think I could bring it. Low. I didn't think I could bring it down so quickly, but I did it. All right, yeah. go ahead. Dave. You were just bragging. He was I'm just gonna... bragging a minute ago that Christian freaking said something stupid. I'm actually going to control out the lead. Is a hit now? <laughs> yeah, C A D. Just call him C A D from now on. <laughs> Heavy on the delete. <laughs> so okay, so tab. Uh, girls in the back row. First of all, how did that show get started? Well. Kate was a was the girlfriend of a, a guy that my husband worked with, and I started talking about how I liked horror movies, and she did as well. And for a female horror fan, it's very unusual to find another female horror fan. <laughs> so immediately I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I eventually asked her if she wanted to do a podcast, because I listened to a ton of podcasts, and I wanted to do my own. And uh, we just kind of started the show and went from there. And then Fangoria, right at the time we were starting the show, started their podcast network, which is, I think, no longer going. But it was just the serendipitous. It was the right time, right place. And we ended up getting on Fangoria. And we went for about a year with them. And then they kind of dissolved. And uh, we're pretty much on hiatus right now. But that's how we ended up getting together. Nice. So you met her in real life. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That doesn't usually happen. Usually when people, you know, get podcasts together, they've met on, online or in some horror forum or, you know, something that isn't Grindr. Like real life. Grinder. <laughs> Grinder, sure, sometimes. Not Jersey. So- <laughs> you, guys, you guys have great chemistry, too. Uh, I don't say oh, yeah. that often. I mean, it, it really comes through. You guys play off one another quite well on the show. Oh, well, thank you. I think it works because we're total opposites. She's very outgoing and I'm very shy. So we work to balance each other out. No, it's great. And you seem outgoing to me because I listen to you. Uh, you're, ne- you're never at a loss for words. And you know what I mean? It's not like you're shy. Oh, I can, I can talk forever about movies, but I'm not good with small talk. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair we'll enough. leave Brandon's it, penis out of it. Damn it. I was about to make the joke about Christian's penis. Damn, you beat me to it. <laughs> you see what I'm working with? Oh, I was literally about to say it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So we're so so it's one nothing Christian so far. Yep. <laughs> I say two. <laughs> <laughs> so now, so you, you you're doing that show, and then the test pattern comes around be, because let me. See, Jacob was a listener. Is that what you told me? He was That's a listener true. of Girls yeah. in the Back Row, and then you guys he contacted you or something, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? So we were offering stickers and he emailed and said he wanted a sticker. And then we kind of were emailing back and forth. And it turned out that he hosted a podcast with a friend of his and I listened to it to check it out. And it was really awesome. He's a great podcaster for sure. He has a great uh, personality. And I was starting to do test pattern for a local radio station here in Sun Prairie. And it's really hard doing a show by yourself. I'm (laughs) Oh, yeah. I, wow. that's not, that's not my strong suit. So I asked him if he wanted to join the show and we just sort of turned the format around and, uh, it is what it is now, which is we pick two movies that have the same theme and we talk about them at length. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. 
and the reason I even got on this was because I was saying non-horror that I didn't know if you watched non-horror, and then I was remembering that I, I you know, I've been listening to Girls in the Back Row for like a, a year now, and I hadn't listened to Test Pattern until recently because two or three times you had brought it up and you said I'm watching such and such movie for Test Pattern, and every time you brought it up on Girls in the Back Row, it was a non-horror movie. So maybe I, maybe you just only happened to mention those. It was just happenstance. So here I am thinking, well, that, that show must not be horror. I'm not going to listen to it. So I didn't know, you know. And, and now I've started listening to it, and it's actually, it's mostly horror. So, you know. Yeah, it's mostly horror. We do do a couple, like, stuff of movies that we used to watch late at night, like uh, TNT up all night, that kind of thing, or USA up all night, I guess it, it would be. But so we did Conan. We did... Uh, some things that scared us as kids. So labyrinth and dark crystal. So it kind of fits with horror, but not, not really. <laughs> right. So you do watch things that are non horror, but not Rocky. Absolutely. But not Rocky. I, I have seen the first Rocky. I just haven't seen the others. That's acceptable. Yeah. I guess, you know, I just remembered something. You're an army of darkness fan too. Are you not? I am. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It doesn't get enough love on this show. In my opinion. I love okay. army of darkness. Okay. I have, yeah, I have a poster signed by Bruce Campbell, so I am definitely an Army of Darkness fan. Wow, I had no idea that Christian was an Army of Darkness fan until just this moment. So I don't know what you're talking about. We did uh, the the uh, the best number threes. I think it was my number two. <laughs> what <laughs> the best number threes? I think there was the top. Oh, okay. <laughs> the top ten. <laughs> I got you. Go got fuck you. yourself. <laughs> You're the one that came up with this fucking thing to do. I, I spaced. I, I don't have yeah. notes. I don't know. It was a really, two, part three. I really did not articulate that well at all, but you should have known. Yeah, I should have known, right? I'm useless without a note, and you think I'm going to remember that. Yeah, okay. So, okay, Army of Darkness. Christian loves it. It's, it's funny, because earlier Watson posted something on his page, and it said, can you guys think of a, a franchise where you love every movie? And he said, for me, it's it's Evil Dead because I love 1, 2, Army of Darkness, and the remake. And I got to tell you, I don't think I have a, a, an answer for that because I don't love Army of Darkness. You're correct. I, I like it. It's just not my cup of tea the, the way part one is. And I don't know. It's, I digress with that. but I'm with you on that. I don't think I love it. But I like I say, I'm strong enough on the Saw franchise to say I, I love even the the weaker of the entries. Wow, I, I there's not one franchise where I love every movie, no matter what. I, I don't think there is. See, and at one point I could here. have said Evil Dead one, two, and three. At one point I could have said they were all ten out of tens for me. Wow. Yeah, I, I loved that series. One being the horror movie that it is. Two being the slapsticky sort of uh, souped up redo. Uh, slash sequel and then three being a great follow-up to that yeah of course it's more action oriented and heavy on the comedy but but i loved it but so you would pick that as your movie as your franchise you love every movie in it see but no the funny thing about it and again it's i because i just listened to this girls in the back row too you guys were uh um really talking high praises for the director of the remake who did don't breathe Uh, yeah. yeah and i'm not really a fan of either of those two movies. I liked them. I didn't love them. Stylistically I I, amazing. Sorry, Tab. No, no, that's right. I would <laughs> say I'm probably on par with you. I love the first three films. I liked the the remake, but I don't necessarily love it. I would say if if we're counting the remake, then my 
franchise would have to be the Corn- Cornetto trilogy by Edgar Wright. I yes. love all three of those movies. You know, nice. I, I haven't seen them. I've only seen Sean. I haven't seen the other two. What's the other one? Hot Fuzz or something? Hot Fuzz and World's End, right? Yeah, exactly. I've never Hot seen Fu- Hot Fuzz is my favorite of those three. Wow. wow. Really? Oh. Hot Fuzz, Hot, I, lo- I love Sean. Hot Fuzz to me is like a perfect movie. I think right that's... Now. Yeah, I think that's the best uh, homage to what it's going for. Yeah. World's End is probably my favorite. You know what? I only saw World's End once. I mean, I did love it the first time I saw it, but uh, I mean, I really, it's hard for me to not like anything those guys do. I'm a, I'm a fan of theirs, so I'm, I'm definitely have to revisit it again. Speaking of non-horror, did you guys see Baby Driver? Since we're talking about Ed Gray? I never heard of it. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard of it, and you know what? I, I do want to see it. I'm just... And I've heard positive things about it. I'm just so, it's just such an awful title for a film. That already it came really, and went, right? It, can, it I, did come and go. Yeah. It, it really is a bad title, but it's a great movie. And if you love car chase movies, like if you mm. like the original Italian job and Vanishing Point and stuff like that, it's, it's awesome. Oh, nice. Now it's definitely getting bumped up to a must-see soon. No, she said, she said Italian job, Brandon, not... Not hand job. Oh, not hand job. Oh, jeez. Oh man, nice. Um, what is Hot Fuzz? What is it? Is it uh spoofing? Is it like buddy cop dramas or something? Or I have no idea what it's supposed to be. I just know that they're cops. It's a buddy cop movie, but it's also a slasher movie. I don't what? think people think of it being a horror movie, but it totally is. It's totally a slasher yeah. movie. Well, I'm watching it. Okay, that's all I need to hear. Okay, the S word. Wow, there's slasher elements. I, I, mm-hmm. Oh, with, without a doubt, it's it is a slasher film, but it's also heavy doses of comedy, heavy doses yeah. of ac- heavy doses of action. You know, don't. It's definitely got some graphic parts to it, but yeah. even though it is hard, it, yeah, it's a total mashup of like everything. But it's so brilliantly done, in my opinion, and the payoff in the end is just awesome and hilarious at the same time. All right, it's on the short list. It's on the short list. Okay, let's get down to business here. Christian, you're going to have your moment in the sun. I know, I uh, I, I, yes, you, can, <laughs> you got to talk now. Well, first, listen, if, if, Tab, if Tab wasn't here, I would have let you go off. But being that no. we had a guest, I wanted to get the introductions in. You didn't, you didn't want to introduce me? If Tab wasn't here, you wouldn't have introduced me. You would have just let him continue to talk. Absolutely. For a few minutes. Yeah, just for a few minutes, though, B. But I didn't want, you know, Tab's a guest. It's different. You know what I'm saying? I'm muting my mic. You've got, you guys cin- you've got Cinema Attack now. You could talk all you like on that show. Have you heard of that, Tab? No? I don't blame you. It's- <laughs> <laughs> you. You motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, check it out. Check it out. Keep cracking wise. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. While, while I, I will gloat, I'll gloat a little bit. So we had this big discussion when we were guesting on the Twenty Two Shot Show, and we were doing the best of '86, uh, and we talked, of course, a lot about Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. And I said, now I'm not saying I thought Bill Mosley had a plate in his head. I well, said, I, I read something that Tom Savini said that that guy had a real plate in his head. That it wasn't a makeup effect. And these guys went off on me. As you, you know, I would have too, had I not seen it. So I'm like, I'm going to find this. 
piece. I've got to find it. I think it was in Grand Illusions. And I just said Grand Illusions, uh, Tom Savini's book. But I realized he didn't talk about Texas Chainsaw 2 in that book. He talked about it in, in Grand Illusions 2. So then we looked through Grand Illusions 2 and it wasn't there. And then I'm like, I got to search this. So I went through old Fangoria's and I found it. I think it was in um, issue 55 or 56 where they're talking about Texas Chainsaw. And I posted it to the Facebook page, the segment that it was there. And it said, yeah, we hired a guy that looked like the hitchhiker from part one. And he's going to be the dummy for the guy. And he's also going to play the brother who comes back from Vietnam and has a plate in his head. And the great thing is he has a real plate in his head. I'm paraphrasing, of course. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, vindicated. And nobody responded because nobody really cared. About <laughs> <laughs> because the funniest part was you was trying to convince everyone that it was a uh, grand illusion. And Bill had to point out that grand illusion was written before Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 was made. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it's funny. I listened to Test Pattern and they did. The first show I listened to on Test Pattern was that uh, the, the Savini thing. They did a, a, something like what we did, where they, they talked about Savini movies. And they were on there, and Tab had brought up on that very show, and it was like the day after that, that 86 thing. So she had brought up that she owned the book Grand Illusions. So that was it. I contacted her on Twitter, and I said, hey, I listened to this show. I go, can you find this Grand Illusions book? Because, you know, and I explained the situation, and then she's like, yeah, I have the book. Uh, or, or what did you say you have, but you just haven't seen it in a while or something, or, you know, it's around, right? You just... I think I said it, but I was at work when you uh, oh, right. tweeted me, so I was going to have to wait until I got right. home. But then I think by the time I got home or, or something later that day, you said it was Grand Illusions, too, which I don't have, unfortunately. <laughs> no, but it didn't matter, because I, I imagine right. that. I, you would have been looking, like, what the hell is this guy? I actually, I wish that would have happened, just to bust Christian's balls somewhere. I wish you would have found Grand Illusions. And, and read it and said, there's nothing about it, so I could have come out here and busted his balls. Hey, but, I was at home listening to my Guns N' Roses records. Oh, he's cracking a use the illusion joke again. Yeah, I, was, I was listening to use your illusions, anything with illusions in it. He does, Tab, he does a callback to a joke every episode now. And you know what? That's why the ratings are so good for the show. They love it. <laughs> Maybe you should start that on Cinema Attack. <laughs> hey, yes. That'll help it, right? Until one of us jump on, and then you get the automatic bump. Charlene can't carry the whole damn thing. (laughs) Oh, Brandon's Brandon's very silent right now. I'm saying shit. It's been a very tense week. I'm just happy that Cinema Attack is still a show. So, oh no, I feel bad. I'm over it. No, no, we're having a good time. Seriously, (laughs) no, it's great. But Um, yes, vindicated. Thank you for letting me bring that up. Yeah, of course. Of course you're vindicated. Well, okay, B, want to talk about your thing now? My As thing. In, not your thing, but you want to talk about where you went yesterday? Where did I go? <laughs> oh, yeah. Go uh, no, I you went to... Feruza out, so you may as well get something here. Yes, Feruza Balk was supposed to be at Monster Mania 37. Unfortunately, she had to cancel because she found out that I was going. So sad. I thought yeah. you were going to take a picture with her, send it to me, or say, hey, Dave. I was going to do one better for you. I was going to do exactly what I did for my good friend Charlene, who happens to be the biggest PJ Souls fan, and I was going to get you a FaceTime with her. What? (laughs) I I went up to PJ Souls because her line was empty. I got there very early, and I said to her, I said, listen, I have a friend who lives in France. Would it be okay if I uh, 
came back in like a half hour, got you to sign a picture for her and got her on FaceTime for you to talk to her. And she was so cool about it. And I did it. And not only that, when I came back, it was like 45 minutes to an hour later. She saw me in line. She saw me on the phone and she, she actually started waving to me, which which said which said to me like, oh, shit. She actually like remembered like talking to me for two seconds. You. Like, which was cool. I was like, that's nice. And then when I got up, she's like, is that her on the phone? She took the phone and she was talking to her. And it, it was it was a nice moment. Had a great time. Met a couple of other celebrities. Met Jeffrey Combs. Really nice guy. Met the oh, Soska nice. sisters. Oh, nice. Yeah, got, yeah. A, got a nice hug from each sister. They charge 60 bucks for an autograph, 30 a piece. I wanted to ask them how much it would have been if they were conjoined, but I didn't have the nerve to. <laughs> I did not have the nerve to. (laughs) You totally should have. Have they finished Rabbit yet? Is Rabbit coming out? Is is it done in the can? They're they're doing the remake of Cronenberg's Rabbit. Are they? Yeah. I heard that. I feel like a terrible horror fan because I would have brought it up had I remembered this. That's why they charged you uh, 30 a piece. Everybody else was free. (laughs) Everybody everybody was 10 bucks a piece. Free. This guy's thirty. <laughs> Free hugs. <laughs> and then I and then I met Ethan Embry, and nice. uh, awesome, obviously awesome. I was I was blowing the devil's candy to him. I know Christian, you saw you saw Fashionista recently and said he was the best part of that film, and he was the coolest guy. I got him to sign a couple of posters, one which is going to be part of a nice giveaway package towards the year end show, nice. and. Uh, Got him to actually sign it to a headite. Really? Yep. Nice. Told him about Exploding Heads. He thought it was awesome. And he actually, he said to me, because I was telling him, he's, he's like, oh, what's the name of your show? I'm like, Exploding Heads. He's like, oh, man, I would love to come on, do a phone interview with you guys and talk about the film a little bit. I was like, that's awesome, man. He's like, yeah, just hit me up on my Twitter. I'm like, I mean, wow. really, really sweet guy. Wow. Uh, we can't fit him in, but that's great. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, that's awesome. Holy sorry. shit. And our schedule is too tight. But. Yeah. We got to crack really bad jokes. Like, there's just no room. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a terrific time. I've had nothing but but positive experiences in the three conventions now that I've been to. I just wish I'd started going sooner because they really are a great time. A lot of cool people. Wow. Did you see Steve Dash? I did go into the... Uh, they played Jason Room because they had Derek Mears, Tom Moran, and oh, Stephen wow. Dash, and Stephen Dash was not there. Oh, what? He was not there. And really, wow, they could put a sack on anybody. <laughs> There's Steve <laughs> Dash. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of sackhead Jasons walking around because he yeah. was doing photo ops in sackhead. But I'm like, this I'm- guy ain't. This guy ain't Steve Dash. This guy's like five foot three. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's Warrington Gillette. Wait, wait, okay, so I thought about something. Which which one did he play? Orange and Gillette was the guy that was taking credit for being Jason 2 for all the years because he did supposedly he came on, did the crash through the window, and pretty much got fired off the set, as the story goes. Okay. And because he wasn't really a stunt guy. Said he could do stunts and then uh that was it. So they had like people walking around being the feet of Jason, this, that, and the other thing. And Steve da- Dash uh, was the one that did did it the most. Feet of Jason? <laughs> feet. Can you imagine Tab being known as, that's your big credit in life is the feet of Jason? And you could actually make money at conventions by being known as the feet of Jason. 
the oh yeah i've been to a couple conventions and there's some some suspect people out there signing autographs have you ever been excited like oh my god there's the feet of jason (laughs) no so what i wanted to say is i had a theory because I was looking at Tom Moran, and immediately I started thinking of the awful, awful Jason Lives and Bitch Tits Jason. Oh, boy. I immediately came up with a theory as to why he's so heavy in that film. It's because in part five, while Roy is disguised as Jason going out killing everyone, the real Jason is hiding out in Joey's room eating all his leftover chocolate bars. <laughs> Man, you really thought of this. <laughs> No, I'm I'm convinced that's what happened. Nobody ever checked Joey's room after he got killed. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> I'll give you that. He didn't check his room. <laughs> oh, that's my, man. That's not it, but that was my experience. And, of course, we recorded our third episode of Cinema Attack. Sorry I'm taking so long, guys. And uh, it was our Korean special. We had a great time. Man, Korean cinema. I've always loved it. I haven't seen as much as I'd like to. But we reviewed three films three terrific films and you know when the show drops listen to it support us charlene and derek are putting in hard work i'm putting in hard work yeah all joking aside yeah it yeah, i've enjoyed the first having, two shows thank you we're having a we're having a good time and just a quick rest in peace to my boy elvis my puppy who passed away this morning not puppy he was a full-grown dog oh my god i thought you were joking when you wrote that on the text I didn't think oh. joke. I thought lost as in ran away. I didn't really. I, oh, didn't, I didn't, no. I'm, look, I'm. That's true. I, I make crude jokes. Yeah. Like he, he gored himself. Technically, my neighbor's dog who lives across the street, but I've been helping take care of him for like the last 12 years. Like, so he's my dog too. So I went over this morning, played with him a little. People were over giving him cheeseburgers and feeding him all junk food. And, and then, then we said goodbye. It was a sad moment, but he was he was a great dog, and I loved him. And shout out to Tony, who's his real daddy, who uh, was a listener and supporter of the show. Is he? Yeah, wow. that's cool. It's still yeah, a I'm very sad story. Yeah, I, I, the text that he sent said he's getting a root canal, and I, and I lost my dog this morning. Yeah. So uh, I need when he canal. says it, when you said it so matter of factly, I didn't think. Lost is in that type of lost. I just thought not figuratively. You know what I'm saying? You literally lost the dog. You know. No, I, mean? I yeah. So I, I didn't you know, think it's that. not beyond me to make a joke like that because whenever somebody that wasn't a joke. People say no, I lost no, somebody. I, when they I, I know because my dad will say that a lot when people ask about my mom. They'll be like, you know, where's your mom? And my dad will be like, oh, we lost her five years ago. And my immediate response to it because. We have a sick sense of humor in my family, and she did too. Is don't worry, we're still looking for her. That's the first, and that, it, and nobody ever laughs. Yet she would be laughing her ass off if no, she was here. No, that's what that's what's important. That's how yeah. you I guys. That. Yeah. Oh. No, I I, did, I brushed right over it because we were just about to come on. I think it was like twenty minutes before recording time. I didn't think anything of it, but that, yeah, that's sad. I'm a dog lover. Unlike Dave, I don't like seeing dogs die. Well, hold on. Yeah. Don't give me a bad rap because I had an I had a moment the other day. Okay, and I only like seeing dogs die sometimes, not all the time. In the movies. This is fiction. This isn't real life. I don't want to see a dog die, but sometimes in movies, I enjoy seeing innocents die. And if innocents happen to be the family pet, I, I I don't make a big deal about it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You know. But when it's done a certain way, I do enjoy it. But like in the witch, I didn't like it. I, I it was sad. 
Sometimes I, mean, I do. The right way. Hey, Leroy, you want to walk there, stab dog? <laughs> Listen, I saw a movie the other day, and, and a guy stomped a dog. It was freaking, what do you call it? And it happened so fast, and the, the way it was handled, I was just like, oh, what the hell? Oh, American Psycho? Set. Oh. But no. you're thinking of Hounds of Love. No, and see, Hounds of Love, Hounds of Love, I was disgusted by. It just depends oh, on the disgusting. context of it. But anyway, I don't want people to think I. I, I Toxic Avenger, though, was hilarious. Cause he, Who? Toxic Avenger. Leroy, when he just. Oh, Toxic Avenger, the... yeah, that is kind of funny. Right, exactly. Wow, so we're, we're really into the Dr. Phil segment of our show. <laughs> tab, Tab, I, this is actually a perfect segue because, and I'm sorry, Dave, that I'm doing this, but when I was, because uh, I've listened to uh, the girls in the back row, and I just recently started Test Pattern. I started with episode zero, though. I have, to, okay. I, have to, I have to start at the beginning, but I read on your profile on Girls in the Back Row that you're a cat owner. Is that I am, and I had a similar experience. I was never a cat person, and my husband uh, found a cat that he really loved and wanted to keep, and I was just like, okay. But I didn't think I would ever like cats, and then I turned into a cat person against my will. So. And you have three cats? We do, yeah. We found a few. Well, yeah, we keep getting rescues. We had one that only had one eye. We have one that has three legs. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I can handle that. All right, so you're short on appendages. Yeah, this isn't. This is like, uh, what's the movie? Don't even. I don't want to know. Boxing Atlanta. Like Not bo- what's the movie that we reviewed? The Sentinel. Oh. It's like the Sentinel all oh. over. Oh, yeah. stop! Don't Added get appendages, missing appendages. What, what are the cats' names? Um, we have Darby, Sullivan, and Zed. Zed! I told Zed. you, Dave. I told you. Nice. Everybody, wow. that would a, that's perfect. Wow. She's got a Canadian, Canadian Z. <laughs> yeah. Is it a Canadian cat? Is that why it's Zed? Zed. <laughs> it's not. Um, I actually named it after a, a line of dialogue in, uh, in Shaun of the Dead when they say, we don't say that word, the Zed word. <laughs> Wow, how did I forget they said that line in that movie? Wow. Because it's the Queen's English. I like the butchered English you fucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love America. <laughs> You're doing everything right down there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we're doing so right. Yeah. Listen, see, I'm with you. I, I love Canada. At least Canada, you don't have the drama you got here. I, I'm with you. Believe me. Oh. <laughs> Zed. Okay. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That that is awesome. That that's totally cool. Uh Brandon, uh the whole Steve Dash thing, I'm disappointed because uh man. I, yeah, I'm 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 really sorry because I went in there specifically. I was hoping he'd be no, sitting I'm not, there. I really want you. no, I wanted to get you get you something, but uh my guess is he was probably doing the photo ops somewhere yeah yeah i know i hear you what are you, what are you gonna do we're gonna all have to get together and do a monster mania sure. one year they really put together a terrific show like this lineup was stacked i got there okay. a half hour before they were opening for for the pre-sale tickets like you could pay a few extra bucks to get in an hour early and and i had to pay you know for parking in a separate lot because that's how jammed it was yeah, yeah. It was it was insane, but it was you know I I was only there for like two and a half three hours because there were terrible storms coming and I still got stuck driving in them. So I wanted to get down there. I had ordered a bunch of stuff from a guy who makes posters. Um, he's got a Facebook shop and an eBay store. Look up Scott's Variety Shop if you ever get a chance. He makes these great eleven by seventeen posters. They're almost like giant movie trading cards, and I us- I just have him make me those. 
and I get those signed at the conventions rather than getting the uh, 27 by 40s. Nice. Really? Yeah, and they come in a plastic sleeve, so they, you know, you could just, like, basically get, like, a double-sided tape and stick them to the wall, and they look really nice, and they're awesome. They're fantastic. Nice, nice. We we got that Frightmare in the Fall coming. Frightmare in the Falls coming in November. That's the one that, Dave, we got to go to. Savini, Kane Hodder, the two... the two I leather faces. Come. I can't come. Tab can't come. You all could we're, come. We're not invited. Come, but we're the closest. Yeah. I'm, I'm, closest I'm, I'm a convention guy now. I love it. Okay. Well, you make the five and a half hour, six hour drive, and you're more than welcome to come. Oh, I'm sick yeah. that day. My throat is sore that day. <laughs> <laughs> I got a root canal. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I'm getting the root canal that day. My go. next dog yeah. died that day. I have to mention something because, you know, I, I, I was talking about Puppet Master. Uh, and now I watched the first four for the first time in forever. Well, uh, you know, I, I never mentioned him on the show, but he was—he he actually sat down with us when we did Banana Laser. He's a friend of ours, and he's a listener, and his name is uh, Sean Gabarin. And he does these Puppet Master comics. So I wanted people to know, uh, they may be the only ones, but they're really good, and I've seen these comics before. And he just sent me some new ones. He's on episode, uh, not episode, pardon me. I'm not even sure. He's written Puppet Master comics. He's done volume one, two, three. How many is it? Four, five. He's done a lot. And uh, I, I just wanted to to put it out there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. You sure you don't want to continue counting comes them after all? Five. Give us a... <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, I got to five, and then it's I have six. another one. Halloween one shots. <laughs> like Listen, six next or is it a lot? It's it's definitely a lot. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> It, it, I, I forgot to write it down in my notes, but when you said you were talking about posters, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Sean, Puppet Master, I got to put this out there. So, But I was talking to him the other day, and he said, you know, uh, it's funny because we were talking about it, and he said that, um, funny note, you guys were riffing on Tunneler as a sex toy. And he said, that's something I did in the first Halloween special. So that was pretty funny to hear. So he thought of it before, you know, we had that whole conversation. But he does really cool stuff. I read the whole first comic. And it's very, it's done with love to the series. And he, he ties up a lot of continuity with the series, you know. And if there's any loose ends, he addresses them in the comic series. And it's really, really good stuff. So I just wanted to put it out there. And uh, they're, they're Puppet Master comics. I wish I knew the official... Uh, title but offerings is one of them rebirth but there is i think he does the only ones so it, it, i just wanted to put or is he with charles brand and like is it like official like no official I, comics or are these official? independent you know what official fish hole <laughs> what, what are we talking about trout here a hole for fishing ice fishing what is <laughs> yeah See, he literally said is that a fish hole <laughs> <laughs> I swear, Tab, did, he, did you not hear him say, is that a fish hole? I assumed it was a, just the word official, but... Hey, thank you, Tab. Uh, she's she's being nice. She doesn't yeah, realize she, she can flush yeah. your balls. <laughs> You're more than welcome to Tab. Yeah. They always do. I'm the innocent one on the show. <laughs> You're innocent, all right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway... Maybe I'll come back with more information about that next show. I'm going to read some more on it. But I, I, I'm not 100% sure what's official. I know they got licensed to do it. Otherwise, you can't just do it. So, But we talked about it on that Banana Laser episode. I'm going to go back and listen to that episode, and I'm going to update the listeners um, show 46. Nice. Not 45 because that's the special show. and it's NFA, What's his, what's his name again? Sean Gabarine. Okay. Cool. 
And I guess that's it. I guess that's it for uh, for intros. I don't think we have uh, anything else to cover. <gasps> Patreon. We have to talk about that because we do have cool things to talk about here, actually. We have two new patrons, and we still don't have a name for them, unfortunately. But People like the oh. Hall of Heads for whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever reason. Hall of Heads. H-O-H, huh? Fuck. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. But um, we have we have a new pledgy. We have uh, Taylor Hyder. This just happened a few hours ago. So thank you, Taylor. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Taylor. And, Taylor. yes. You want to thank and him, And this Tad? is actually... <laughs> No, Tad doesn't have to thank him. <laughs> Actually, here we have live in the studio, history may be made. Because we may get a request here. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. But test pattern pledged as well. So, yes. So well, now. Thank you, test yes. pattern. Yes, thank you. Thank you very thanks, much. Yes. Thanks, TP. Yeah, <laughs> TP. <laughs> They can choose a triple R. So I don't know if she got together with Jacob, what's been said, what, what's going on. Do you, can you challenge us to something live on the show is the question. Uh, I think we're still working on that. We're still working okay. on what we're going to do. But I will definitely let, let you know. We started a Patreon, and we once we started making some money, we're like, we got to give back to other shows. So we picked a couple yeah. that we wanted to give back to. Nice. That's awesome. And we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. And we got to check yours out and see how that thing works. And now, what do you guys do? Do you have, um, wh- like, what type of perks do you have? We have it set up so that we do early episodes. So we'll release the episode a week early. Um, we also do bonus stuff. So we do movie commentaries. We're going to start doing TV show commentaries as well. And um, I make a cross stitch, a horror themed cross stitch. For each person that subscribes. Nice. Oh, wow. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Now, can people pick the commentary that they want? We or... Yes, we do polls, and then we also say if you have suggestions, we'll do that, okay. too. So. so what if oh, it's, like, awesome. family feud? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, majority rules. <laughs> so uh, the Wilson people... family is going up to the yeah. podium right now. and I was going to say, people have offered us extra money. <laughs> In our Patreon, if we give offer a version of the show without Christian in it, but it's but he since he does the editing, you know, he'll never take himself out. Yeah, it's difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. Have you heard Brandon Solocast? Uh, <laughs> I haven't yet. I'll check it out. Yeah. If you don't listen close Save enough, yourself. you might miss it. It goes real fast. You might pull your pledge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I deserve oh, that. I deserve that. <laughs> we're going to do a commentary. That's what we're going to do for Test Pan. We're going to pick whatever level is a commentary because I want yeah, you that's... two to watch Friday the 13th Part 2 again and give it another chance. That's all I have to say. I'm not okay. going to put you on blast. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I just want you guys to give it another chance because I, I love it so much. Well, I think everybody here does. Well, not Tab, but I, I know the three exploding heads yeah. So I, I got to listen to more episodes to, to find out what they're not so high on to, to I, really make my I can't, even, I can't even remember what episode we mentioned that in because we haven't covered it. Um, oh, I think we just mentioned episode. it in passing. Oh, okay. This meaning episode. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you guys kind of played it off as any as a random, you know, like any old 80s slasher. And it's so much more. So okay. Maybe I've only seen it that. once. So I need to oh. definitely need to see it again. That's Steve Dash in it. <laughs> 
Oh man. And Warrington and Gillette. <laughs> yes, yes. So many JCs. Yeah, you gotta... <laughs> Are you a big slasher fan? Are, are slashers your your uh, your 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 forte, or are you more? I know you're into supernatural stuff, right? Isn't that your thing? I do like slashers. I started out with classic horror because my parents were pretty strict. I wasn't allowed to watch rated R movies till I was uh, of age at you know seventeen. So I am very behind in gory horror, and so I'm catching up with slashers for sure. But I do like slashers. Cool. All right then. Well, that's it. Friday too. You gotta watch it in because it's so good. You like Halloween, right? Like Halloween original. I do like Halloween. I think my favorite is probably Black Christmas, though. If we have to pick ah, up flashes. I'm in love. You go. You're allowed to stay on the show for the rest of the show. <laughs> oh, yes, well, thank you. you. Are. <laughs> thank you. Dave wants you off, but we want to keep you. <laughs> no, I love it. Majority love rules. It. You guys love it. You guys love Black Christmas too, and you know I love yeah. you guys. So that's true. You've kept us this long, so. <laughs> and I like Black Christmas. I know I, you I do. I know you do. You you really don't hate the movie, for as much no. as you criticize it. No, you're talking about the remake, right? <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Oh yeah, Black Xmas we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's clearly the better one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Mamma Mia. Okay, all right. Listen, um, I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else. Oh well, I should give I should give the information for Patreon. So if anybody else out there, because I've discovered something, I have an idea, guys. Everybody loves the 2020 shows. In case you haven't noticed. They get the most downloads. People love that concept. So what do you guys think we should do? You think we should start add another tier to the Patreon where if somebody, you know, pledges, they can pick um, one of our 20s for the 2020 show? Yeah, why you not? Mean, sure. You mean like do our whole list for us? Won't that be anticlimactic? <laughs> <laughs> no? No. They choose oh, our wait, list. wait. I, I get it. I get it. No, I think that's a great idea, Dave. You, you mentioned that to us, and I... No objections here. So I'm putting it on this week then. So if you guys want us to do another 2020 and you want to pick the our top 20s, whatever that we have to choose, I don't care what it is. It's only that the Patreon. It can the be lists top are the best. Freaking... We have the best time doing the list. Yeah, it really are. Fun shows. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to add that this week. And uh, if anybody wants to choose a 20, please do. But let me just rifle these things off real quick. For Patreon, it's www.patreon.com slash exploding heads. Boom. That's it. That's all I'm going to do. So, and Patreon to... and Patreon giveaway for episode forty-four, our proto show. Forty-five. Episode forty-five. Forty-five. 44 yes. Right now. Uh, yeah, We're, that's right. We're on forty-four. And the winner uh, is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, congratulations, uh, Derek. You won. Yeah. <laughs> now all the uh, patrons will be entered into a raffle for forty-five. Boom! Nice. That's awesome. You'll win yourself yeah. a, cu- a couple of uh, proto slashes. We'll go over the prizes. With the winner. Nice. Oh, cool. Gotta cool. love that, Brandon. All right. Well, thanks again, Tess Pattern, and thanks again, everybody else. Yes, absolutely. So, um, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come on the other side. Oh, I haven't said a damn thing about what we're doing tonight, have I? We've just been coming yeah. on the other side. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going Really sticky up in here pretty soon. <laughs> here we go. Uh, you said it. You said it. <laughs> uh, this is true. I did. Uh, yeah, well, you guys know this. By now, you guys know what we're doing. We're doing an old movie and a new movie and uh, old school uh, format. And tonight's movies are Don't Look Now and Red Christmas. So that's what we're doing tonight. And, uh, yeah, I I didn't even have to say that. We've been bullshitting for an hour. uh, 
I think people know when they see the episode drop what the, what the movies are going to be, yeah. but hey. Or they're gone by now. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So yeah, other side of this, this bump we're going we're gonna to talk about Don't Look Now. See you in a minute. All right, welcome back. Go for it. You got it. I'm Bannon brought kidding. us back. I got, I got Bannon brought us back. First time ever. Well, you don't have to say. All you had to say was all right. Welcome back. Uh, our first movie review is a Patreon pick. This movie was chosen by Jason Luxton. So, thank you for that. And uh, this movie is Don't Look Now. Brandon, can you help me with that? That's the question. Don't Look Now from 1973, directed by Nicholas Rogue. A married couple grieving the recent death of their young daughter are in Venice on an extended vacation slash work project when they encounter two elderly sisters, one of whom is psychic and brings a warning from beyond. This stars Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland. And like I said, it's from 1973. It's a drama horror thriller. Let's get into it. <laughs> let's let's get into it. This was my first time. It's, it's kind of funny because at the beginning of the year... Uh, I think we made little lists and we said we movies that we always wanted to watch in, in the horror genre that we are due to watch and haven't. And this happened to be the only one on the list that I, this was on my list and it's the only one on that list that I've seen so far. But of course I plan to do more, but I, I've never seen it and I've wanted to for a long time. So am I the only guy? Who's no, this was on my uh, top favorite films when we did episode one, when you asked me that. And I'll just come right out right out the bat and say, um, for me, this this go around viewing it, I had a little issue with the pacing. Yes. I I mean I, I don't want to say a big issue because I still enjoy the film. I still obviously I'd seen it a bunch of times before, but for me, I just I find myself zoning in and out at times. I was the same really? way. This yeah. was a first time watch. If I did say I watched it before, it's because I totally mistaken it for that Audrey Hepburn movie. Dave, I sent it to you earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. Wait Until oh, Dark. Yeah. Why the hell? Maybe it's a three-title movie? I don't know why yeah. I did that, but Wait yeah. Until Dark I've seen a few times, and I, I love that movie. And for whatever reason, that's what I thought this was. And so then I'm like, I don't... Donald Sutherland, wait, what's going on here? And then I realized, okay, <laughs> this is totally different. And so it was a first-time watch. And I will echo what Brandon said. Pacing is probably the worst part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, the, I had issues with the pacing. I I don't. I say I don't mind a slow burn, but here's a movie that is a slow burn, and it you feel it. It gives you a great payoff though, but it but it definitely is a slow burn, and the performances are are terrific. The cinematography is terrific. Yeah. Tab, have you seen this one before? I have seen this one. I saw this in high school, and I definitely didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. I, I agree that the pacing is very, very slow. I think you have to have a lot of patience with this film um, to be able to get through it. And I think that you're really hanging on to the cinematography and the acting in those really slow times. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, I'll definitely. tell you. I'll and it's tell beautiful. You it's a beautiful looking film. This is quote unquote art. And I, I don't think I was expecting. <laughs> I don't think I was expecting that. I think I was expecting a little bit more of just like um, a ghost story because or, or, I didn't know what I was getting into going in because I thought I was watching a different movie altogether, actually. And then... <laughs> Where the hell's then, Audrey Hepburn? Where well, no, then I obviously before... Okay. <laughs> the big reveal it's at the, the end of heroin. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me just... Re before I put the movie on, I was aware that it was a different movie, but it was when I was researching it to watch it again, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is not what I expected. 
So it's kind of like how I get Morgan Freeman and Morgan Fairchild mixed up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> identical for that. And yeah. The beginning. <laughs> that's my fuck you. I'm, 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 yeah, that's my fuck you. I'm not even acknowledging that awful, horrible joke. <laughs> no, and I, the beginning is haunting. Oh, yeah. And the end oh, is boy. the end is fucking bone chilling. Yeah. That, well, that's what yeah. it's most known for is having one of the most shocking, haunting endings of, of all time. I mean, that's what makes it a classic in my book. Yeah. And that sex scene. Tab, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> it, that is a, a long, long sex scene. Not enough well, armpit eating for my leggings. Yeah. I, oh. What was that? <laughs> Well, you guys know the big thing with this is that for years it's been rumored that those sex scenes are real. Weren't they right. a couple? Th- yeah. They were a couple this time. No, were they, they had just met? met. That was they the first met. day they met. Oh, okay. was when they filmed better. that sex scene. Even that's better. awesome. I, I believe it was real that's then. Awesome. I hope it's real now, knowing that. Yeah, that's I, I great. Believe, right off the bat, I believe it. I don't There's care. too many angles for it not to be real. Like I... <laughs> Yeah, so they're just going to film it and let it go. And I'll just say this. Donald Sutherland has a great tush. <laughs> you, oh, this is gonna come really horrible after what you just said. But he looks like my dad in this movie. Like my I thought dad... the same thing. I was like, he looks. Like... <laughs> no, you're used to him from behind. I'm talking about first. No. Well, that's what I'm saying. He had a great touch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought great. he looked like John Holmes. I thought he looked just like John I, Holmes. In the my dad did too, but from the waist up, obviously. I mean, <laughs> he had the white man fro, and 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 my dad had that, and 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 the mustache and everything. So as soon as that happens, you could put Jim Croce in there. You could put Donald Sutherland from this movie. It was my dad. <laughs> if Donald Sutherland had sung "Time in a Bottle" while having sex with Julie Christie, I would have immediately given this film a ten out of ten. Yeah, done and done. Oh man. Why, why is it the movie's slow yet that scene was like, okay, I, I could use that a little bit more of this. And it's a long fucking sex scene. Oh, it is. <laughs> I was expecting them to go to go into doggy. I really was. I was like, they're doing everything in sight here. What's next? Uh, and I'm not complaining. It's a, she's D- a she's DP. DP. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, someone else is going to come in. Yeah, John Holmes himself is coming in. Yeah, any minute. Yeah. The blind psychic comes in. The blind psychic, yeah. Listen, I had no problem with the pacing the first time. The first time. The second time, because I always do it twice. The second time when I went to watch it, I I kind of I didn't, but I find I found myself wanting to fast forward a few times just to get to like the the key points of the film and you know, just the I remember the plot enough, of course, because that's my second view in a week, but I found myself saying, oh, this is an hour. and It's long, too. It's like an hour and 50 or, or yeah. an hour and 47, whatever, you know. So I was thinking, I think I want to fast forward a little bit. But I didn't. But but the first time, I was cool with the pacing. So I don't know. But Yeah, I never I had think- issues with the, pacings, with the pacing in the past. It's just this time, all of a sudden, because it's been a couple of years since I've watched it. And I had the Criterion edition, so I finally was able to – not finally able to. I finally did open up and, and watch that version. It looks beautiful. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just my mood. I was tired, but it was just dragging a little bit. I was still interested. I mean, the opening scene alone is just great with the great oh, use boy. of color, with the, with the red, you know, giving that impending sense of doom. And, and of course, when he discovers his daughter, how he discovers her, and that groaning. Oh, oh my oh, God. Man. The editing. Like, is, the editing yeah. of that opening is great. Yeah. 
I was like, is this body snatchers? He's, he's like, I don't understand. I'm going to have a complaint. Very, very few complaints. But both times I watched it, you're saying that the editing was so good. I'm confused as to what happened. Of course, I know the end result. It's a drowning. But one second she's there, and the next second you see her, and she's falling backwards, and she drowns. I didn't see anything leading up to it. Yeah, they were throwing a ball. They were doing a little bit. It, it seemed when the time came, I don't know why she got put in that position. No, but that was what it was. The disjointed editing is why I liked it. It wasn't, it wasn't your standard editing style. So what was happening is they're doing a lot of, um, and it's funny because they, they is what yeah, you're saying? yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> okay. yeah, if you want to just break it right down, it, it's like kind of an artsy take on it. Literally he spilt the water. I think that was the show that she went into the water yeah. that that's kind of like the, the way they they were doing it there. And then that's why then you just see her sort of float under the water and then the, then the red, so the 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 well I won't say that <laughs> the red cloaked figure that's in the church in the in the little picture slide starts to actually bleed red into the picture. That's how they were doing the uh, sort of doing the the intercutting between. It stained uh, the slide red. <laughs> that's not bad. I, that, that's not bad. <laughs> it, was it, was, it, was, it was good. Good if you know what the movie's referencing, but yeah, it would be better <laughs> if we had done that triple R first, probably. And Tab, <laughs> Tab, honestly, if you don't know how we do things, we jump all over the place with the movie. So if you're used to like a, a linear dissection, yeah, we go all over the place. Yeah, so we, we sometimes start with ratings. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I, I dig the freaking uh, the artistry of it. Of course, I'm into that shit. But just all of a sudden, she's falling back, and I don't see a reason. I don't see anything that led up to it. I, I just would have appreciated a quick cut of something, of the boy throwing her a ball and her trying to catch it and slipping. Something. You don't see why there was well, a you saw, you saw the ball go yeah. into the little lake, so you would have assumed she tried to walk out to grab it and then maybe, mm-hmm. like, realize it it's too deep. backwards into it? Yeah, like, turns around, like, I got to get out of here. It's too deep. And then, uh... I think that was a visual to, just for... Visuals. Yeah, I don't know why I gave a visual example to the listeners what? too. I was like, Ugh. "It's the first time you've been in frame all night." Like, I'm. This is how I do it. You know, this is how I've been doing it for 40, 43, 44 episodes, whatever number we're on. I'm always in the right side of the frame, so if I need to, I can go like this and just gather myself. But the Take jokes are fresh for tap. That, that's why. Oh, shit. I think that falling back into the water is supposed to reference uh, a pre-Raphael painting by Sir John Everett Millay called Ophelia, where the her it's Ophelia from Hamlet, and sh- her face is out of the water and her hands are sort of up facing the water. That's what it reminded me of. So I think it's wow. supposed to reference that painting. We are not that intelligent here. We'll call you Mrs. <laughs> Watson from now on. Yeah, yeah we don't... We don't uh... <laughs> We don't get that deep. That's that was that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, hey, she comes prepared. She, yeah. She I'm just gonna. I'm gonna sit out the rest of this review. I have nothing left intelligence to say. Hey, the plan worked. <laughs> the plan worked. <laughs> uh, I just really thought it was supposed to give us the same sense of deja vu that uh, Donald Sutherland's character John has throughout the movie. He keeps having these deja vu senses and we're supposed to have that too because of the cutting, but we're also like, that is also a cultural reference. So it may be a subconscious feeling of deja vu. So if you're familiar with that painting, you might, you might 
feel that sense of deja vu seeing that image. Wow. Isn't, isn't it also weird that he doesn't believe in all this stuff, yet he seems to have these premonitions and this psychic, almost like a psychic ability himself? That whole, that whole beginning kind of alludes to it because he just senses that something's wrong and he darts out of the house to then find out that she has, in fact, drowned. I thought that yeah. was really interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I, I had questioned that more. I wish I had questioned that more. Because, I mean, what's the Julie Christie's... Laura, Laura's character mentions that that it was weird that he just he just knew he sensed it when he's telling when she's telling the sisters, Heather and Wendy about. It makes sense. Whatever. Yeah, it makes sense it's because the end of the film. Oh, it makes Obviously. sense throughout. Heather references early that that he has the gift of second sight, but won't acknowledge it. Well, you know why? It's because it's it's because what the the one woman said that it's a gift and a curse. And I I think that he fears it. That's what I think. I think he doesn't want to admit that he might have that ability because I think he fears it because it's just so much of a, of a curse as it's a gift, you know? It's yeah, maybe like so. I, I don't think he wants to face, uh, have to face his daughter again. Cause he probably feels tremendous guilt. Yeah. She even references at one point that it's, you know, a chance she's trying to forgive us, the daughter, Christine. Right. And this is a, based on a Daphne de Maurier novella mm-hmm. uh, of the same name, but in that story, Christine dies of meningitis. So I think adding the drowning really adds that sense of guilt to their grief that the short story doesn't have. But when she fell wow. back in the story, Dave, she fell back backwards too. <laughs> it, onto the previous page. This movie is also called the psychic thriller or the tagline was a psychic thriller. The other tagline was past the warning, which is uh which I thought was uh, kind of Pass the warning is that that fits really nice. Yeah. Pass the warning. The whole movie is is a warning. Oh no, I I get that. I'm just not crazy about that. Pass the warning title. I'm, I don't know whatever. Just I listen. I love the artistry of the shot, and I don't want to keep talking about that damn shot. I was just confused as to how the, the drawing happened. <laughs> That's all. But now Raphael, is that you said it was a Raphael painting? Yeah, there's a a movement called Pre-Raphaelite paintings i was pretty obsessed with it in high school which is why i know that painting um but they're they're based in literature a lot of a lot of times which is why ophelia is part of that okay you had me at raphael because he is my favorite ninja turtle by far (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i cracked a raphael joke last week he burned me no you didn't i did yes i did we did because raphael gave us an email oh man i guess I guess I shouldn't be breathing a sigh of relief. Oh, get it? Because Raphael oh, uses stuff. that was okay. worse right, than my I'm comic done. book. I'm done. Yeah, thank sure God. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking Raphael, and that was that's that's an even cooler tie-in because of Italy. You know what I'm saying? Because this this takes place in Venice, and I was thinking, you know, if it was a Raphael related thing. But they, they never whatever. do tell you the time frame, eh? When the, when it switches to Venice, do we have an idea of how long has passed? I get a not sense long. that it's not long, that it's maybe months. Really? They don't seem, I feel like it feels longer than that. I have the Criterion Collection as well, and I kind of watched through the special features. And it, they were talking in interviews that it was it had been a couple of years, but they never say that in the movie. So really? yeah. That's what I, mm-hmm. I would have thought, too. Wow. So it's you interesting know what it is? That they never it. show the sun. You only right. see <laughs> the other kids running outside, so you can't assume right. that. That he's older or not, but the kids running outside were older, so it could have been a couple of years. It, it would make more sense for it to be a couple of years because they're so—I don't want to say they're over it, but they seem so casual and and a little 
less nonchalant about it, a little more nonchalant yeah, about it. More nonchalant. Well, well, then, they're carrying on in the diner in the beginning when that when they sit with the ladies. Not the diner, the restaurant, I should say. Yeah. I remember watching it and thinking, boy, they're they're I don't want to say cheerful, but they're awfully. I can't even think of the term I want to use, but it doesn't seem like it's that they lost their daughter because they seem like they're they like they moved on higher. quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I thought for whatever reason, I thought it was just a few months or less than a year later, but apparently not. But it's weird that we all just thought that without knowing that it was a short time. You know, I don't know why, but I actually thought I felt like it was longer, just the way Did that you? they were going. Okay. That, that's why I, I asked if you guys. If they specified it in the movie, because I, I didn't remember. You know what? You that. know why I felt it was shorter was because he was working on looking the at the slides thing. of the church in the beginning, and then That's all of a it. sudden he's in Venice to do the restoration. So, you know, I'm just assuming it's it's all connected. It's the same thing. And if right, that makes sense. yeah. And on but that it could too, have, it could have been a, it could have been a different church he was working on later on. But depending on how you interpret the ending and what he sees in the slide at the beginning would also be indicative of a short period of time, I think, as well. Because they're saying that there's a yeah, serial that's, killer. That's true. Going... That's a backdrop for the whole movie, which yeah. is a pretty yeah. tight period of time. So that then, in which case, then you guys are right. And then I just contradicted myself. But that's fine. I do that all the time. For a first Wait, time what, watch. It was, no, it, it was the novella that was that said years? No, it was the no. the director and the... Oh, the director and the commentaries. Okay, yeah. that's right. All right. Does it specify in the novella? No, because they start, they don't sh- talk about the, there's not a scene of the daughter dying. They just talk about it. It's okay. it's much later. Uh, and they reference it when they're already in Venice. Yeah, it makes sense. Especially she died from meningitis. What are they going to yeah. show you? You know, a right, hospital exactly. bed. You know, who wants to right. see that? Right. So that, that does make sense. What about the shots yeah. when they're in Venice? It's not traditional that you, that like you normally see Venice portrayed the way that it's portrayed in this movie. By any means. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting as well. Again, whether this is where the horrific elements come into play, because it, we are dealing with that leisurely paced. I know, Dave, you didn't think so much that it was leisurely paced. Oh, no. I thought so. But I'm saying based on that, there's a lot of like emptiness, a lot of dark alleys and, and, and whatnot. And that part I thought was really kind of creepy as well. Not just the end part when they're all kind of when they're kind of like they're walking and that ch- or chase happens and and it's building to that really intense moment, but just throughout, mm-hmm. like even going up in, into those, uh, I think it was the the hotel area where uh, the Italian guys are coming out and they're like well, like asking him what he's doing, what he's doing, and he and he's <laughs> and he just kind of excuses himself right. and, and, and then he he kind of d- dashes out and I started I started playing games because again. Like Brandon, I was kind of feeling like I was coming in and out of paying attention to the movie. This movie deserves your attention. And I found like I was drifting and maybe my mind was wandering and trying to piece together what I thought the movie was going to be. And it was nothing like what I thought it was going to be. Like I even questioned that maybe he was killing people (laughs) at one point. Like I thought it was going to be very traditional, almost like that. And it's nothing like that at all. It's actually... I don't want to say straightforward, but more straightforward than I than I think I was expecting it to be. I think that's a good way of putting it because if you pay attention, the answers are given to you and they're right in front of you. They're really not trying to hide it from you. It's just it's a, maybe a little subtle, but if if you're listening to the dialogue and paying attention to the images you're seeing, it, it it makes it makes total sense in the end. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that Rogue is doing a lot of subconscious work trying to unsettle the audience without trying to make that part obvious. Um, I think the idea of having characters speak in Italian without translating it is very disorienting for the audience because uh, we only get translations periodically. Yeah. And the intercuts, obviously, I think that and the, the intercuts are, are the most obvious of that. But even just showing the image reversed as a f- reflection in the water is very disorienting. And like you said, he he purposely chose to shoot uh, places in Venice that aren't normally depicted in like travelogues. Um, it's not touristy areas. So it, it feels very odd because everything's so empty and, and you're not seeing the normal landmarks that you would see when you think of Venice. That other scene that really stuck out to me was the scene when he is climbing up on the scaffolding to put the piece. Oh, they're restoring the church. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so he's putting the, yeah, the mosaic back together and that all comes down. All I read about that is that he almost died doing a stunt in a movie. I'm assuming that was the scene because uh, at one point it looks like a stuntman, but I guess it was him for the most of, yeah, the, most part. Yeah, the stuntman refused to do it because he didn't feel like it was safe enough. And so they got Donald Sutherland to do it. And he actually has a, a really strong fear of heights and he did it anyway. And then later he found out that the cable wasn't secure. Yeah, that was that was actually a pretty terrifying scene. Yeah. I, yeah. I felt uneasy watching that. It felt yeah. genuine. Wow, it probably was genuine. He, he yeah, that's what, that's what, that's, that's, well, no, that's what I'm saying. Given that, it, that's why I'm saying it, you know, because even without that knowledge, it felt right. genuine to me. So yeah. given that knowledge, it, it makes total sense. What falls on him? Sutherland, man. I, I mean, I, I've always liked him, but freaking, I got to give him extra props knowing that. He's a, the stuntman's not going to do it. It's his job. He doesn't want to do it, but I'll, I'll do it instead. I'm just an actor. That's freaking yeah, today wow. they won't let today they won't let you do that. Yeah. Oh, he, he actually did the same thing in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's, there's that part where he runs along the top of the warehouse, and he actually did that part as well. Wow! So he was the first actor to do his own stunts. Now they he was a Tom Cruise. He was yeah. a Tom Cruise of the seventies. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's a stunt though. I, I, I respect no, him he, a lot of it. Look, he was. He was banging Julie Christie on film for an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> on the first day they met. Yes. On the, yeah, on day one of shooting. All right, action. What right, was the conversation like? How, and how are you? Well, great, great. What are you doing tonight after the shoot? It's just so... That's one thing about acting. It'd be like, oh, instantly what goes through your head is, that would be great. I think that would be the most awkward experience I can think of. Like, showing up, having to be naked in front of a bunch of people all day, and then pretending to have sex... Well, I wouldn't be able to hide people. it. Well, most people would just laugh and it would lighten the mood very quickly. <laughs> yeah, beyond that. I mean, you know, minute two. <laughs> minute two. <laughs> well, it's, it is the 70s. I think I could do it. They're there. They're probably freaking smoking and doing whatever else. And it's a different time period. Maybe they're on the, on the set and they're buzzed up a little bit. It's like, hey, come here. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's funny that what, what Tab mentioned, I didn't really – notice it the first few times i saw it but this time i was so aware of it that the lack of translation of all the italian at one point i'm like do i have the subtitles on do i need the subtitles on i wasn't even sure i was uh i'm like did i put this on in italian it was very (laughs) it was disorienting i was like i don't know what's going on like i know what's going on but i I have to rely on what i'm seeing versus what i'm hearing right you feel like you're missing part of the story yeah that's how i felt yeah 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 Shit, I, I watch subtitles for everything nowadays, so I'm used to seeing them in English-speaking movies. 
when you did see you like, them did you talking. Like the sisters, Dave? Did I like the sisters? They were cool. I'll tell you what. Let me ask you about the sisters. Here's one thing I don't understand. And I noticed it the first time. I thought, well, maybe it didn't mean anything. And then the second time, it, it really stuck out because it didn't make sense. It looked like they were trying to set the sisters up. And granted, I might be missing something completely here, and you guys are going to laugh at me, but what, what are you going to do? But it looked like they were setting something up where the sisters were actually evil because they show this one scene after they have the conversation, and the two of them are there laughing. And I'm watching this thing. Oh, they're setting them up. Something's up here. And it turns out, not to my knowledge, maybe you guys are going to laugh at me again, but they're all going to laugh at you. But um, – <laughs> The sisters were not evil. They were just trying to help. They, they said, get the hell out of here. Leave, leave the town. Go. We told you to go. Get out. You guys have to leave. And they didn't. Am I missing something here? Were the sisters no, evil? No, no. So that scene makes no sense, right? No, it, it makes perfect sense. I think you're, they're just trying to, like like we've been saying, disorient you with, with your perception of what you're seeing. When, in fact, you're not seeing anything diabolical in certain scenes. And then yeah. it ultimately plays out pretty pretty much like christian said and tab said straightforward like almost like 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 i'm gonna keep saying why show that scene why show them laughing and it's a kind of a cheap trick don't you think it's you're looking at these characters thinking that they have ulterior motives and then it it goes we we don't know what they're laughing at we're we're seeing it from the perspective of we're seeing it from the perspective of john or laura at this point we're when, not when seeing it any perspective. Nobody else is in the room but them two, and it's us as the viewer seeing right. these two laugh. And the way they're laughing, to me, seems like it's a very mischievous laugh. I don't know. Maybe I just – the way I looked at it. Okay. You know, I'm, I was thinking the wrong scene, I guess. I think you're right. I think it's a manipulative cut to create a red herring effect uh, yeah. because the, that's right before you, he sees them on the boat, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. Is it right after the girl leaves? Is it, is it the first yeah. time when the wife comes and, and they give her the shot and they talk to her and then she leaves? Isn't yeah. it right after that? Okay, see? It doesn't make sense. That scene for me, I immediately thought of the scene in Mulholland Drive where the two elderly people are oh in the God. back of the limo laughing. Yeah. And I swear David Lynch stole that right from this movie. <laughs> I honestly think you're right. And that, because oh. that's how it plays out. And I think it was just supposed to be kind of unsettling. Like you're like, a what the fuck moment. In, yeah, in the movie, yeah. and I, I think you're right, Tab. I think David Lynch uh, totally lifted from the movie, and it worked in both films. Absolutely. Yeah, I haven't seen Mulholland Drive, but I plan to, but you guys are okay with that. It just seems odd. I, I, I can't recall seeing a movie where they set something up, and at the end of the film, that scene just didn't, it was, I don't know, I don't want to say it's a cheat, it was just very misleading. I get the red herring thing, it's just, I don't know, it just seems like, um, it was kind of a cheat to me. But, I don't uh, know why. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on this laugh for some reason. It was like this. Yeah, <laughs> was... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're holding a picture. They're holding one of the pictures that they on yes. the dresser and laughing. And it's, it is interjected in a really odd place, but I, I think it is just supposed to be a red herring. Yeah. I, I can see what you're coming from with that. Cause it is, I think yeah. a manipulative cut. And I think because it's such an artistic film, that's why he gets away with it. I think if you had a more straightforward yeah. film, it would seem very odd. That's mm. true. And then they do bring those pictures back, and that, that, which I don't think these things really make sense, and I don't care because of the type of film it is. But at the end, when everything goes on, and you say, I'm not going to give it away because there's no reason you don't have to. But when we see what happens at the end, we see these, these flash cuts of certain things, and 
trying to make when the guy uh, the detective has those two pictures and he says we're trying to make the dead look alive and they flash to that and then they flash to the the photograph that he has of his wife and then they flash to pictures on the mantle i believe uh, of you know of the, the witches not the witches see i i, I want to call them the witches because of that damn scene the psychic. But, uh, <laughs> of, the, of the two women and they do all this stuff at once and the second time i watched it i was looking to see if that stuff made sense and from where i sit none of it mattered and none of it did i'm not complaining about it i just you know i'm used to seeing movies where where you have that moment at the end and you see all the stuff and it ties in you know where in this film it didn't, and I'm not knocking it. It's just I don't know. Maybe it's the time period or something. It's just a little unusual, I thought. But you, that's my only gripe, honestly. Did you guys notice the one or two actors that were from A Bay of Blood? No. Yeah, it's just because we just reviewed that not too long ago on episode forty. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> there was, I thought it was the guy uh, that played the neighbor, the the crazy neighbor that was married to that white the wife there, the next door neighbors. But uh, as I was looking at IMDb as you were talking there, Dave, about the laughing scene, it looks like it was the guy that played Simon, the fisherman guy with the octopus. Octopus guy? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, But wow. I, I swear the other guy's in it as well, but I can't, in my quick little search here, I just noticed it when we were watching it. Yeah, that is cool. So, Man, I'm frustrated I didn't watch this twice now because I really want to... I actually say I owe this movie another watch. It's not fair to the movie, in my opinion, based on the review. The, not the review, but the rating that I, I'm going to give. I don't think it's fair to the movie. Because I know that this is a work of art, and I wasn't expecting that, and I should watch it again. Yeah, I just want atten- <laughs> to pay attention to the sisters again, because... You know, while they seemed menacing at times, it was just because you're unsure of what to believe. Like they were almost set up as a red herring from the very beginning. I felt so. I'm I'm trying to Definitely. think of the se- of the seance scene in particular. I I don't even think so much red herrings as if like maybe one of them is running around killing. I mean they're not short enough. You obviously see it's like a childlike image running around the streets, and then of course this killing's going on. So you wouldn't think it'd be old ladies doing the killing. Not that the two would be connected. I don't know. I don't. I lost my train of thought <laughs> totally. No, I, I think you're right. I think they are set up as a as a red herring from the very beginning. They're even just from the moment that they're staring at the couple, or yes. the one woman is staring at the couple. It it's very unsettling, and I think I think John is so much more suspicious of them because he's the one that sees them staring. Is that why he and, opens the window and like causes like the wind to like? Is that, does he do something that causes the wind to blow something in her eye? Yeah, I don't think it was intentional, though, right? No, yeah. I, that I thought seems it was, like, it was, because yeah. he said, excuse me for a second, then he goes, he's like, the door was open, he opened the window, almost like creating, I don't know how he did it, almost like creating some sort of, like, wind that blew something in her eye, because then he smiles when she says, I got <laughs> something in my eye. I thought he closed the window, because it opened up on its own, and he went up there and he closed the window. Oh, so maybe I, when he closed it, it caused the wind. Yeah, it's probably like a vacuum effect, where yeah. the pressure forced the door open. But he smiled at, at the minute it hit her in the eye, almost like he knew it was going to happen or something. Are you serious? Yeah. No, that's... He did that intentionally. He's going to really plan that out. Well, if I open this, maybe a piece of debris might fall under her eye. Let's well, don't forget, he's got, the sec- he's got the gift, supposedly. Ah, that's true. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. And you notice how he calls it mumbo jumbo. And they do too. What? I find that funny, you know, they don't want to mess around with any mumbo jumbo and he says the same thing and that's I think that's how he feels. 
He my doesn't favorite, want any part of my it. My favorite line of the movie is, Puss, 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 puss. <laughs> puss, 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 puss. <laughs> oh, shit. But if he was yes. so psychic, wouldn't he have known that that scaffolding was dangerous and he was going to fall off it? I don't think that. I don't necessarily think the second work that sight way. works like. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I don't. That's what all psychics say. Oh, it doesn't That's why work. But they that never way. hit the lottery. Yeah. Right. He'd also he'd also know the identity of the killer as well. <laughs> yeah. Which. Oh yeah. To the film's credit, I was watching it. I was watching it late at night, by myself, and when they there's a little turnaround part at the end. <laughs> and and when people say this, I'm like, what the fuck? Did, my blood went cold. Like I was just sitting yeah. there. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it's such it's such an effective scene. And it sums up 70s horror to me a little bit. Like mm-hmm. the Sentinel kind of had that same kind of feel. There's these moments Definitely. that that you're just like, oh, they're just like, and no no modern movie has really done it. I've gotten scared, and I and I think there's some yeah. fantastic moments, but there's just something about that reveal and the look on the face and everything else. It just, it's, a, just, it's a shock to the system. Yeah, it, it really it dra- is. It drains the life out of you. Yeah. You go yeah. white almost. I, I remember the first time I saw it. I like. I felt like I lost years of my life. We're hyperbolic. Like, We're hyperbolic because look at Dave's face. He's like, come on. You, you know, I'm. I'm glad true. you said. I'm glad you said <laughs> no, that I'm because thinking. I'm glad you said hyperbolic it because I just have to bring this up. I'm going off on a tangent here, but here in the states, at least for me, growing up in school, we always called it hyperbole. But I hyperbole right. is not wrong because I've heard other people say hyperbole. I just want to know: is is there? Am I wrong? Or, is, or are we both right? Nobody's right. Nor are wrong, right? Are you, you're the smart one. I've never heard. What did you call it? We called it hyperbole. Hyperbole. You never heard it yeah, called that? Yeah, I've heard it called that way. As, but as I've, as heard, as. I've heard other people, you know, in, intelligent people on talk shows and stuff say hyperbole. Yeah, I'm not saying like, Christian's an intelligent individual. I'm just saying I've heard other intelligent It's the first people. time I've ever heard that, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, the reveal is, is you know draining and haunting and i i love the fact that it's almost it, it's haunting in the sense that finally when he's ready to embrace this gift he automatically he, the first thing he does is misinterpret it right and i think yeah. you have a you guys have a great point about modern horror in if you they redid this there would be a audio stinger and yes. the great thing about 70s horror and and older horror is that it doesn't need that. It, they don't feel like they need to amplify that up. The scare is enough. And this, and this movie provided like that moment alone. I'm like, wow. Like it was a wow moment. And it was a great way to end the movie because of my thoughts throughout it. At one point I was texting the guys as I was watching. I'm like, didn't they have a fucking son? And then the scene comes on train where <laughs> yeah. he calls from school and then they have an issue. And I'm like, Oh my God. And it was like, just, I guess it's almost like during the writing stage, you're like, at this point, the audience is going to question what happened to the son. We better write a scene in. This will get the wife away and, and whatnot. Five years from now, some Canadian's going to go, where the fuck's the son right now? Insert. No, it's a great final chase through the tunnels though. But that all happened to me too. The thing with the son, that happened, and for a minute I started doubting myself. I was like, maybe that wasn't the son. Maybe it was just a neighbor kid, and he was playing with the girl. So, Because it, it seemed like he was completely dismissed, and then that happened. Like, okay, so what is their son? And then the second time I watched it, I, I realized that he, you know, he said, Daddy, Daddy. So obviously it's his Yeah, father. but they say but right the away that – stick out. They say right away when they're in Venice that, oh, Johnny's at school and this and that. Obviously it happened back in England, so, you know, they're on vacation. Yeah, but Johnny – doesn't have to mean their son. Could have just been 
insignificant part of the conversation, you know? I, th- that's how I read it. That was like, Oh, okay. I, I never doubt it. I love no, the... No, no, the- I, I get what you're saying. I just, at the time, I just wasn't 100% sold that they had a yeah. son. That's all. And I didn't till later. And the thing at the end, I could swear I've seen that in another movie before. The way the face looked and with a hood in another more recent movie. And it's been driving me crazy. Since the first time I saw it, I didn't have the, the reaction you did, Christian. I looked at it. And I was like, where do I know that from? You saw it, it from was- The Witch. That was Mercy. It wasn't that. It was something very recent. Maybe not even very recent, but another movie. There's a person with their face looks like that, and they're wearing a hood, and it's yeah. a reveal, and it's driving. And I have not been able to figure it out since. So that's a great point, though, that that you made about the lack of, you know, the the audio because it's it's so much scarier. The way it's presented here, it, it lingers for a few seconds. Just can, it takes you a, a minute to process, and it allows you that full minute to like really take it all in and be like, before what happens next happens. I'll be right. cryptic because I don't want to spoil the ending. Ooh. Yeah. But I love the whole chase through through the back alley and the sound design. Just all you hear is just the the footsteps. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and then and then the crying. You see the red cloak and and the crying, and I'm like, oh my yeah. god. <gasps> and even, oh, oh, That's okay. It. I could see where you're going. <laughs> yeah, it just you, popped into my head. Sorry. What'd you say, dude? Oh, the brood. Yeah, the good. And the way the face looks. Yes. The brood. Good yeah, David Cronenberg. I was going to say, yeah. but you said recently. So I'm like, oh, I know. Because I, I was going to say, it's just like the reveals in David Cronenberg and whatever. And, the, and those are creepy, too. Oh, that movie. Look, yeah, look, I at, uh, look at Christian. His, his ears perked up the minute you mentioned the Cronenberg. Cronenberg. <laughs> Right? Canadian. <laughs> like my dog. Like my dog when I say treat. Yeah. Cronenberg. <laughs> is there Cronenberg? I always think of Alice Sweet Alice when I watch this movie too, which is That's weird, another but... good one too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah, another sure. good comparison. But I think yeah. the combination of him saying, wait, wait, and then her shaking her head like that, I was just like, no, I'm not okay with this. Yeah. Oh, hey, oh my God. Yeah. It just, it felt so real. I think it really happened. And Christian, you can cut this out, but I do have a funny, funny story about watching the ending of this movie. Because um, I am going to, I'll spoil it, but you guys, you guys can cut this out. I love Bravo Scariest Movie Moments. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Um, but they have, it's Talking Heads. It's a bunch of people in horror talking about different movies. And they talk about Don't Look Now. And everybody's sort of pontificating about how artsy and wonderful this movie is. And then the last person they have interviewed is john landis and he says that's it it's a dwarf in a raincoat <laughs> so i just thought that that was hilarious because you have everybody else talking about how wonderful this movie is and he's just like what is this that's a that's, that's very the, john landis it is but that's the beauty of this film is that it's so simplistic because the killings and everything are taking place almost in the backdrop of the story that's being presented because they're passing the crime scenes. You see them fishing the bodies out of the water. It's almost secondary. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you're paying attention to it because they do at one point say a serial kills loose, but it's not at the forefront of the story yet. It yeah. plays up. Uh, it obviously plays a major role in it, but not in the way that people think because people are just so fixated on psychic abilities and the ghost of Christine. Yeah. And that's a great thing about De Mornier stories because she's also, she also wrote what was, what the birds was based on and then also Rebecca. 
And you see a lot of that sort of periphery storytelling going on in her stories. And that gets translated when it's made into movies, especially the Hitchcock movies that have been made of her stuff. I love that. And I can't believe that in the introduction, that's, it was not just army of darkness more fucking importantly. I have to put fucking in there for emphasis. You're a a Hitchcock fan. I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. Yeah. As am I. Christian's just a a a huge cock fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a BBC fan. Sorry, it's just forget the hitch. Yeah, he just yeah. loves the cock. <laughs> no, but I, yeah. I, a huge, a huge Hitchcock fan, and yeah, that we'll have to talk about that more later. <laughs> yeah, and um, I love Cronenberg as well. I've been trying to get my podcast host to watch The Brood, so yeah, it's man. funny that you bring up The Brood. Nice. Yeah, the funny thing okay. is, The Brood also has a nice Criterion release. Very similar. Beautiful. It looks, it looks like the Don't Look Now one. I actually have them like together. I. Sometimes grab the wrong one. Yeah, that's a great story. Great wait till dark. Yeah, it is. You ever grab wait till dark when you're gonna get don't look now? I don't know why <laughs> I confuse the two, but I always have. Makes sense. But anyway, wait until dark is a great movie. Yeah, it is. Tab, I know you don't usually do ratings on your shows, but you yeah, you do one to ten here, so the pressure's on. Ladies first. I will. I'll give this an eight out of ten. I think the pacing does hurt it for a mainstream audience, but the art, artistic value and the acting is wonderful. Nice. nice. I'll go. I'll go wow. next, just because I. I said. I already said. I owe the movie another watch. Uh, I'm coming at seven point five. Love the beginning. Love the ending. And I love the acting and the cinematography. Cinematography. I just that pacing was dreadful for me. I know that it's for a reason. That's the reason why I want to watch the movie again. But it's a seven and a half right now. Cool. I might be coming in the highest. Uh, I I'm at eight and a half. I really loved it. Like I said, I was the second time I was trying to speed it up a bit, but that didn't actually hurt it because it's one of those movies that you want to see things that it requires the second view. You want to see it from a different perspective. And so that didn't harm it for me because I was so into what was going on anyway. But I mean, it's a damn good movie. And there's 15 minutes left in this movie as I'm watching it. And I don't know where the hell it's going. And that's what I remember. That and then when you get the payoff, it works, and that's what's great about it. So I, I really enjoyed the film. So so thank you for bringing it up. Uh, who was it, Jason? Eight thank and a half you. out of ten. Love it. Nice, yeah. And uh, like I said, I always was super high on this film. I was called this one of my favorite films, and now having the Criterion Collection, I haven't delved into the special features yet, which I'm looking forward to. And even after hearing Tab talk about it, I got to read the the novella because it, it's still intriguing. Even though I did think the pacing was was a little bit of an issue for me this time, I I dropped it probably a half a point from where I, in my mind I was when I saw it, you know, for the last time a few years ago. But I'm with you, Dave. I'm at an eight and a half still, even with a nice. with a half a point drop. It is a beautiful film. And hyperbole. <laughs> you hear? It is hyperbole. I wasn't trying to be a dick. I've actually heard other people say hyperbole, though. I really have, Christian. I'm not. I'm not making fun. I just want to know if, if anyone knew if one of these pronunciations is like. I could be totally wrong. No, you're. I, I don't, don't think, think you're are. wrong because I've heard other people say it. Not random people on the street, like people on television. Right. Because that's the ultimate in terms of but who's right. If I yeah, so there must be almost like piranha. Uh, but if i am wrong fuck people for not correcting me years ago because that's 
how I've been saying it for a long I time. Always, to be honest, I always <laughs> thought you were. I, I always tuned out at that point because I'm like, oh, he's talking about a college football game at this point. Like, I, I don't want to know about who won, who played in the Hyper Bowl. I'm like, <laughs> like you know, what is this? A bunch of ADD kids playing football? I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I just gotta say it right now. I am killing it tonight. Yeah. Once again, comedy. Yeah. Oh yeah, not substance. I don't bring substance to the show. No, no, no one said you did. No, that's okay. <laughs> no one said you did. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so that that's our first review. We're gonna go right into triple R's. Boy, there's there's a lot. We have a well. We're gonna do what we can. We're gonna we're not gonna go too crazy. We're gonna do it for an hour max and pull the plug because. There's, there's four of us here today, so it might take longer than usual. And we don't want to be up all damn night. We don't want to keep Tab up all damn night either. So that, that's for sure. So uh, we're we're uh, we're heavy in here with these triple R's. We're going to try to make them go quick, but we have a lot of movies to talk about. So I say we get right into it. Who wants to start? Oh, before, I, before, before we even start, I'm suggesting a game. All right, check it out. Whoever says basically the most loses they lose that means the other people have to pick we have to force them to watch a movie for for triple r for next show oh god not the descent not the descent so i guess tab is our is our judge then (laughs) oh i i will definitely say basically at least once well we're all gonna say it at least once oh that's that's our go-to word when it comes to triple r's basically can't stop saying basically yeah, Why don't so we let Tab go first? Let's let yeah. Tab go first. She's hey. our guest. Does she want to go first? In She's this our guest. She's our guest. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys go first so that I can follow your lead. That's She's what I thought. got to go next. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. <laughs> she reserved the right. That's what I'm saying. You got to right. She's our guest. She want to go first. <laughs> she put my so theory to the test. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming all this is being cut <laughs> out, but I'm not completely sure. At this point. Oh, no, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Okay. This is what right, we so call the good stuff. This is the good stuff. <laughs> That's right. right so let, let me get into the not so good stuff. All right. So I got five. Three of them are slashers. And I'm going to start off with one of those slashers. And this is all leading up to our episode 50, which is our top Ooh. 50 slashers, North American slashers. And this one is 1979 Savage Weekend, a slasher Ooh. directed by David Paulson. Who would also direct Schizoid a year later. Name was Robert Paulson. Okay, so several couples head upstate to the country to watch a boat being built. Yep, a boat, <laughs> a boat. A boat being serious? built. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, they are stalked by a murderer behind a ghoulish mask. <laughs> the best part is, of this film is that it features David Gale of Reanimator. Our lead character Marie leaves her son behind with her ex the boy's father, and heads to the backwoods with her new boyfriend, who is the owner of this boat. They are joined by Marie's sister and one of her very flamboyant friends. The boyfriend also has a buddy named Jay come along on the trip. So there are five people total on this trip, okay? The setup is that Robert, who is Marie's boyfriend, is the new owner of the boat after the original owner died. Otis, who is the son of the original owner, is not pleased and talks of getting revenge. So there's your first clue as to possible identity of the killer or possible red herring. The film has the look of a backwoods slasher, but takes way too long to get going, if it even gets going in the first place. 
the sex scenes in this are almost pornographic, which is fine. Wow. But they should have focused more on the horror instead of the sleaze because this lacks tremendously in the horror and it's yeah. tremendously slow paced. The red herrings are pretty weak and after about halfway through the film, at least for me, I had a good idea of who the killer was. I found it slow. However, I'll say this, that probably most of the slasher completists out there will want to at least give this a one-time watch, but I would avoid buying it. Uh, the kills are uncreative. The gore is little to none. It's just, it's really quite boring, actually. It's not for me, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad I got another slasher off the list. I'm giving this one a, a generous rating and a generous 4 out of 10. Wow, you don't usually go so low. And that's a generous rating only because on Cinema Attack, we did sh- Shitty Shark Week uh, for episode two, and <laughs> and those films were dreadful. I would rather watch Savage Weekend than any of those shark films again. I don't nice. mind if a movie is dreadfully bad if you attempt to make a good film. I feel like this was an attempt at a, at a decent backwoods slasher. And watching some of the interviews, uh, William Sanderson was in this, and he played Otis. I didn't mention that, but... He did an interview, and they, they the actors had fond memories of it. But when you watch it, it's like, what's the point? Like, he's visiting a grave, talking to a, a dead friend of his, which leads to nothing. The kills are are weak, and it, it's a it's an odd group of people. And it's an odd thing to go up just to watch a friend and his buddy work on a boat. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> what they're doing. That's yeah. funny. That's, that's, what funny it, that's what it's about. That's even what it says on the B. I remember, <laughs> Dave, do you remember the cover to this? I, it's isn't it a cloaked like skeleton with cloaked like skeleton. with the great yeah. cover art, yeah. great cover art, yeah. and none of that is in this movie. It's <laughs> the most most misleading cover art ever. But Ooh. you know, four out of ten is is as high as I can go. You know, check it out if you want to just complete slashers that you haven't seen, but avoid buying it unless you've seen it and you like it. It's a complete hyperbole. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I would hyperbole. rather watch college football's hyperbole. Than- <laughs> 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 And for JP, that was 1979's Savage Weekend, in case you forgot. Four out of ten. Good job. Four out of ten. Good job. <laughs> What's the basically count? Anything? Zero! Nice. You know why how okay. I know it's zero? Because I prepared kind of the, what I wanted to say, so it's much easier when you prepare. Right. You so say you're that. not prepared for any of the other shows? Ever. Basically. Shit! <laughs> 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 you tricked me, you bastard. Nice. Oh. Uh. You know what I almost did? I almost recorded voice memos of all my triple R's just in my room the other day by myself and then listened back before the show. And I thought I'd be, I thought I would do a better job and I wouldn't see basically. And and I already wish I did do that because <laughs> when I go into my first one, I'm only going to remember half of what I'm supposed to remember. See, I should finish the movie and as soon as I finish the movie, I should go, okay, this is what happened. You know what I mean? But I didn't. Maybe I will. But anyway, uh, I'll start here. Uh, this is a movie from 2017. It is called The Gracefield Incident. It is a found footage movie, so I had to watch it. It's PG-13. I'm not hating on it for that. that that's fine. Whatever. I don't need that. But uh, I'm going to go right off the B here. In Gracefield, three couples are spending a long weekend in a luxurious cabin when suddenly an uninvited guest in the form of a meteorite comes crashing the party. Aha, it's already coming back to me. So yeah, these people are... Uh, <laughs> They're going to this place called Gracefield. I forgot why. I don't know if it's a vacation, whatever it is. But they're very tech-savvy people. They're into, into photography and video editing and uh, maybe even video game editing. But these people know their shit. And the one guy's boss 
is for some reason letting him go to this cabin. So he takes his his buddies out there. Like I said, it's three couples. Now, before anything starts, there's expecting parents. And that, that's one of these couples, the main couple. And they get into this car accident, and it comes out of nowhere. And that's how the movie starts. Then it's flash forward to ten months later. So these people have already been through some hell. They lost their baby. Um, and that, you know, that that's a current, that, that's a thing about this movie because the guy kind of gets in this, neg- not negative, but he is afraid to lose anybody else in his life because of this. So he's really going through this, you know, this mental thing where he doesn't want to lose his wife. He doesn't want to lose his friends. He wants to hang on to everything because he went through this tragedy. So that ends up being a, a major part of the film. Uh, these guys are out there. They're filming everything. That that explains the found footage that they're very much into, you know, videoing everything and video editing. And like I said before, so they're really into this stuff. Now the guy has an eye, a, an eye that's a camera because he had an accident. They not only did they lose the child, he lost his eye. So because he's one of these, you know, these guys that can do shit, he ends up putting a camera in his eye and didn't tell anybody about it. He's testing it out the first time on this weekend. His, his wife doesn't even know. So he has this fake eye, and he has a camera in it, and it's going to be filming. So that also explains why everything's being shot. That's the old, you know, you want to know why in a found footage movie, why everything's being shot. So between his eye camera and his buddies carrying theirs, everything's being documented here. So they're out. They're, they're doing something in the woods. Fuck, it sounds a meteorite. <laughs> a meteorite comes down. Oh, whatever. I guess it is ridiculous. They did the same thing in VHS too with the, with the, the guy in the eye. You yeah, know, so fuck, you, fuck you, Christian. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't write VHS too, nor direct it. So <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So anyway, something in the ca- in, in, in the air whizzes by them and, and, and it hits the ground. They follow. They want to see what the hell it is. And there's this bowling ball sized hole in the ground. And this is what's stupid because one of the guys reaches his hand in the freaking hole if you saw something come out of the sky and then freaking go into the ground would you reach into the hole i mean didn't you see creep show i mean you don't touch shit that fell from the sky what's the matter with you you never reach into the hole yeah (laughs) (laughs) not a bowling ball sized hole no 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 not at all so i go head first into those (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry oh shit so the guy pulls out a meteorite Pardon me. He pulls out this meteorite, and it's cold, which is strange, but it's this weird thing. And then weird things start to happen. Um, the guy hears his dog in a cave, and he also has a dog that he brought. He's scared about losing his dog as well. He's really into this thing. I don't want to lose anybody else. So they go looking for this dog, and then one thing leads to another, and they eventually decide to lock themselves up in the cabin because weird shit starts to happen. They don't tell the girls. Just the guys are out doing this part. So they say, let's keep it a secret. Let's go in here. Then all kinds of strange things happen. Everybody's phones start recording themselves. Everybody has a smartphone, and they start going. They start recording themselves, and they don't know why. Like you know how on your on your smartphone you can you know when you're taking a selfie, it's like that. It switch. It changes around, and it starts recording. So again, another implement of found footage. Now all the electronics are getting messed with. So you know this is alien stuff. Alien hijinks ensue. There's a there's a cool revelation. But I don't know. There's something else that they could have done different. Uh, it picks up in the third act, and there's an interesting ending. But ultimately, I only I give it a six out of ten. But for found footage enthusiasts like myself, it's worth seeing. It's worth checking out. So there you go. The movie's called The Gracefield Incident. What's my basically count? Zero. 
Yeah, I didn't notice any basic loose. Damn, I was waiting for one. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to have to keep my eye camera on that. <laughs> yeah, you lost us at, at Cyborg uh, found footage. <laughs> hey, whatever. What do you want from me? We're going to explain this because I'm going to insert this camera in my eye socket. And, <laughs> <laughs> and his, his friend actually finds out about it. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, what's that red thing that came on your eye? Are you recording this? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Tab, do you want to go last? Sure, I'll go last. You go ahead. Okay. okay. Right. This is going to be a callback because uh, Brandon Brandon reviewed this earlier in the year, and I finally got to see this. And that is The Belko Experiment, directed by Greg McLean, who, of course, is known for Rogue and Wolf Creek 1 and 2. And a refresher in a twisted social experiment. 80 Americans are locked in their high-rise corporate office in Bogota, Colombia, and ordered by an unknown, vo- unknown voice coming from the company's intercom system to participate in a deadly game of kill or be killed. Is that Abe Bogota? In- <laughs> <laughs> or, or, is that, or is that Bogota? Yeah, Bogota, sorry. Yeah, Bogota. Wherever. Yeah. Fuck off. Bogota. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Hyperbowl. Hyperbowl. Whatever. <laughs> Bogota actually won the Hyper Bowl that year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you kind of maybe not interested in wanting to see this movie because of your review. You came in quite low. Really? I came in with a seven. It was a, a seven? Solid, a David, are you okay? Seven. You're falling out of your fucking chair there? <laughs> you all right? All right, buddy. Go, like, a seven? Whoa! <laughs> I almost lost my nose okay. again. He, he, just, he just pulled the uh, don't look now. He almost fell back this, into the This is how I'm going to boost up this review. Tab, did you, I don't know if you've heard this. So Dave deleted his notes last week. So by yeah. t- trying to recover them, he hit delete all. <laughs> <sighs> it's because I pressed every other button and they got no reaction. So it was the only button left to press, so I pressed it. Pagoda, pagoda. <sighs> Who the fuck Dave. cares about Columbia anyway? <laughs> you guys are in the states isn't there a wall there <laughs> they're working on it you're working on that one too perfect anyway I love China. <laughs> here we go i had a lot of fun with this movie if there's one complaint it kind of plays out the way you expect it to play out based on the setup but that's nothing that's not actually a bad thing it's a lot of fun it's really gory and i thought they had some great jokes and some great acting and the special effects were fantastic. It was the, I guess, because I went in with a low expectation after Brandon's grade, I came out loving this movie. Seven out of ten is not a bad grade. Well, I, sorry, I thought you were lower than that. So seven out of ten oh. isn't bad. Sorry, I thought you were, you you came in at six. No, but I came I was seven. I came in at nine out of ten. Wow, no, I, you know yeah. what? I've heard a lot of people coming in that high. Yeah, I, I this too, this movie. I was so upset that I didn't see this in the theater. Be- but I, I did miss it. It was just a crazy time. And I'm so glad I caught it now. And this is going to be a contender for my list this year. Now, this, this, this film could go up for me on a second viewing. The only thing that bugged me was was sort of the, the explanation for the conclusion. I felt like it had, it was a little bit been there, done that. I kind of didn't like it. You also mentioned, if I do remember correctly, I didn't remember the 7 of the 10, but I remember you also had that problem with the implants, which they explained at the beginning. Yes. There's implants. I... I bought it land and sinker. It was not. It's they're not just that saying, I didn't buy it. I'm just thinking to myself if I go to uh, Bogota or if I'm even crazier to go to Bogota or Bogota, uh, you know, <laughs> I, 
I probably won't let anyone implant a chip in my head. Well, they explained it, but they did explain it. They said, you guys are Americans. By putting this chip in your head, it's for your own protection so that we could track you. That's true. We could track you. You're right. I was like, yeah, if I am going to wherever the fuck I'm going, then put it right in the back of my brainstem right here. Put the chip in. And then, See, yeah, that's what course. turns me off too, Christian. I'm with you. That's why I haven't watched it yet because hearing that, what, what Brandon said, I was like, yeah, that is stupid. They just said they just accepted this, and then they said, okay, only the Americans can work today, and they weren't suspicious. That, that's well, they were, but that's too. it. They were suspicious. Watch it, and you'll be like, Brandon, okay. screw you. <laughs> You're okay. seven out of ten. No, <laughs> I, I mean, my review was that bad. <laughs> no, your review wasn't that bad. It just, I guess, no, you the, said it was fun. You, you, and that's it. I yeah, guess I, seven I remember your nitpicks, yeah. and I'm just focusing on that, honing in. <laughs> All right. Exterminate. Nice. So there Beautiful. you go. I'll watch it before next show. Beautiful. Before forty six, I should say. There you go. Cool. Nine out of ten. The Belko nice. experiment. JP. Beautiful review. <laughs> nice. So uh, mine is going to be quick because you guys have already done an episode on this. So if people want to know more, they should definitely listen to that because it's a great episode. But I just watched I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, which came oh, out in 2016. Yeah. I Am the nice. Pretty Thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is directed by Osgood Perkins, starring Ruth Wilson and Paula Prentice, a home hospice nurse, is assigned to care for an elderly horror novelist and feels unsettled in the home. Um, I thought this was really atmospheric, really beautiful. Um, it's very reminiscent of Shirley Jackson. I felt like this could be a Shirley Jackson novel that never ended up getting written. And I think it's not for everybody because it, it does have some of the pacing that like Don't Look Now has where it's very slow and, and sort of builds up towards the end. But people who appreciate old school ghost stories will enjoy it. And I really loved it. I, I It made me think of The Innocence, which is great because you guys did an episode pairing it with that. And then also Les Diaboliques. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Good call. And I gave it a nine out of ten. So. Wow! Really, I'm so happy. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. We we all. I don't remember what our grades were, but we were all pretty high on it too. I, I was the lowest. In my top ten. I was the lowest. Yeah. Dave had it in his top ten. I I was a yeah. seven. I I just say, and the reason for that was just, again, the pacing, very similar to Don't Look Now, uh, but beautiful. I said Oz Perkins, man, is something. He's do, both films I've loved. Can't wait to see what he does yeah. next. Yep, and I've heard more people be down uh, on on the pretty thing than than up. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and a lot of people are are sour to it. Now, the other Black Coat's daughter, I'd say it's about an eighty percentile. People love yeah. it. You know, but but pretty thing, I I don't know. It's like Brian and Brian and Jamie, they tore that one apart. And not just them, many podcasts. Oh no, I, I know a lot of them. I just oh. I just remember reading their takes on it. I was like, ooh. Yeah. But it yeah. like like Tab said, it's it's not for everyone. But it's absolutely cool. I'm glad you loved it. That that's awesome. Man. Yeah. Very cool. All right, all right. What you at B? All right. My next okay. review, my next triple R is the 2005 remake of the remake, House of Wax. Yes, it's the remake of House of Wax from Vincent Price, which is the remake of. Mystery of the Wax Museum. So I just want to say that. Directed by Jaime Colette Serra. Jaime. Is that how you say his name? I'm not sure if I'm butchering his name. It was his directorial debut. He's the guy who's done Orphan. He just did The Shallows last year. Oh, okay. All right, so right out of the bat, I uh, I wasn't a big fan of this the first time. I think the whole idea of, you know, a slasher, you got Paris Hilton at the time. I, I maybe viewed it as a joke when I first saw it. 
watching it this time, I had a much different take on it. I really, really enjoyed the setup at the very beginning, the flashback to the 70s, and you kind of get a sense of what's to come. Then it pushes forward to modern day, where a group of six friends are on their way to a football game and decide to camp out in the woods for the night. Car trouble ensues. Typical setup, but they go for help, and all hell breaks loose when they reach this town of Ambrose, which is the hometown of the Wax Museum. I thought the kills are solid as hell. Brutal, satisfying. It's hard-hitting and pretty mean-spirited. But as the film gets going, you do get a sense that these cliched characters, because I did find them cliche at first, they actually care for one another. Some of the dialogue when the shit hits the fan is really well done, in my opinion, because it points to the fact that these characters genuinely are friends and not just another bunch of six random people put together and it's like, why are these people together? There are a couple of nice twists within the story and even a great one at the end. If I had to make one complaint, it would be I wanted more time in the uh, Wax Museum itself. But the whole setup of the town and how it's all run is awesome. Yeah, uh, overall, another fun slasher that crossed off my list for a rewatch for this year's slasher show. And I'm coming in at a six and a half. I was definitely at around average to below average on first view. But the second view, solid film, six and a half. Maybe a little bit on the long side, but... But, you know, so am I. <laughs> With that review, life. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Awesome. <laughs> I've always liked that film. I, I saw it at the, at the, at the show, and uh, <laughs> I liked it. And I said it was it was more of a remake of, uh, what do you call it, than House of Wax. That, it's more of a... that Mystery of the Wax Museum that you, uh, that you saw at the show in 1933? No. At the show. No. Uh, <laughs> I saw this one, and I compared it to... What's that freak? Taurus Trap. It's, it reminds me more of Taurus Trap than it does also Wax. Yeah, because yeah, it's good. In the Wax Museum, you know, seeing all the all the wax figures. All the Fancy wax. that. Fancy that. Going to the Wax Museum and this wax figures. Holy shit. No, I was I pleasantly surprised this time. It is a little long, though. Yeah, I haven't co- seen it since. I bought it, it and I still haven't watched it. It's like an hour and 45, hour and 50 minutes. It's a Damn. long film, but it's it's entertaining and it's got some good twists and some pretty decent gore and good good kills. I like it. A solid slasher. A lot of slashers have no right to be over an hour and a half. I don't think so. Generally either, speaking, it, slasher yeah. films. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. A slasher, yeah. ninety minutes, get in, get out. Not a bing, bada boom, butyl. Yep. Unless you're happy birthday to me or for screen. Yeah. Trying yeah. to make butyl thing, and you guys aren't jumping on bu- on board. Butyl butyl was a thing long before I was on this show. It's just it's an in joke with my friends. So you can make it one. I, I like it. Butyl oh, brutes. I like, I like brutes better. Yeah, brutes, brutes is good. Right. Brutes. That's why nobody's reacting to butyl. Okay. <laughs> I I, might, I must have missed out on butyl or just yeah. Brutes is anything Christian to say on the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me move on. Poor Tab. Tab's like I'm oh. in hell when. Click, 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 right? Poor tab, right? <laughs> <Not> okay. <laughs> Where's Kate? <laughs> now wait, I'm hitting the tab button right now. Do you, do you feel it? Do you feel it? Do you get my, the sense that I'm hitting? My control alt delete joke was bad, and then that <laughs> fucking worse. I was I was waiting for that. I was waiting for either a tab key joke or the tab soda joke. So yeah. oh yeah. The tab soda. I put it on Back my tab. See, I'm fucked up. When I hear the word tab, I always think tab of acid. Ah, right. there you go. Yeah, that's tab. Got any tabs? Yeah, There's three that's... now that you can think of for jokes next time. <laughs> I think of a tabby cat, and that's why I thought you liked cats. 
Ah. Four. It it goes downhill from here. (laughs) That's what just popped into my head. Because I knew from reading her her little bio that that she was a a cat person and her name's Mm -hmm. Tab. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe she was named Tab, short for Tabby or Tabitha. And by, reading bi- short for <laughs> and by reading bio, he means creeping you on every social media <laughs> platform there is. No, I was following I you in person. <laughs> oh, that was you? Okay. Yeah, that, was- <laughs> that makes me feel a little bit better. That's yeah. where you wanted to be on my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Can I do something here? I-, I saw this movie for the second time today. Just earlier today, as a matter of fact, I went to the movies twice to see it. Once with my wife and once with my daughter, because after seeing it the first time, I'm like, yeah, this is okay for an 11-year-old. It's rated R, and I really can't tell you why. Maybe the gore. I don't know. But this movie is Annabelle Origins. And it's weird because we got a question last week, and they said, what do you think it's going to be? And I said, it's going to be basically the same thing as the second Ouija movie was, which is better than the first, but not great. And I'll tell you this. I was kind of right, but I think this is a better movie than the second Ouija movie was. And, and watching it tonight, it actually, my rating went up a little bit, and it could have gone even higher if they just, one little thing would have been better. Although it wouldn't have made sense to the plot. But anyway, uh, basically, everyone knows what this is by now. It's the prequel to, to Annabelle. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> it focuses on um, girls that go to an orphanage. And they're at an orphanage, pardon me, and they're being shipped to a, a house. Uh, there's a, a gentleman and his wife, and they lost their daughter 12 years prior. And they reached out to the church or whoever and said, hey, you guys can uh, set up your orphanage here. There, there's six girls. I believe it's six. Yeah, it is. It's six girls, and it's um, the sister, the nun that comes with them. And the gentleman is there, and his wife is bedridden. And we're not 100% sure why, but she wears something over her face where we find out that she can't walk. But these these girls get a, you know, a, a good thing coming their way where they're allowed to come to this house. So it, for the most part, it's about these two girls. Uh, they're the youngest two. They're, I thought they were sisters the first time, but no, they're, they're just like best friends. And the one girl is actually from the Ouija, the second one, uh, Origin of Evil. And is that what this is called or is that what this is called? Either way, whatever. I get them confused because the second or the second uh, Ouija similar type thing with it being an origin story. But uh, oh, and she's just a little doll. She's a cute girl. She's a great actress, and it's really about her mostly and her her best friend who's a little bit older, and she's been stricken with polio because again, this this is going back in time when that was still a thing which could happen. So they go to this house, and I'm not going to get into everything because I could go on and on. It was a really well made film. And some of the things are telegraphed because we've seen them in the Conjuring movies before. And you knew some things were going to happen, but they still handled everything well. This guy tried his best to direct like James Wan. It's really well made. Uh, There's good shots in it. The, uh, the, The music is good. The characters are good. The performances, just technically, it's really good. Uh, It's definitely worth, worth, worth your time. I've heard people coming in really high, like top 10 worthy. And I'm not going to say that. There's one scene where somebody straight up should have died and didn't. And because when you see it, you're like, okay, that person's dead. And then they go back to it, and that person's not dead. Now, in order for the story to be what it is, it, it's imperative that person survives. But 
when it first happens, I was like, wow, this would be amazing if this person was dead now. And then we went on to something else in the film. And that didn't happen. When you see it, you'll know, you'd be like, wow, you know, they had the balls to do that and this and that. And it didn't end up being that way. But the cool thing about Annabelle is it's just like the first movie. And I'm not saying the first movie was anything special. But when you look at Annabelle, it's not a killer doll movie. This movie is about a demon. And it, they do a, a great job of explaining how and why. And it's not like Chucky versus Annabelle. You hear people say it. It doesn't make any sense. This is not a killer doll movie. This is about... It's, it plays such a small part, Annabelle. They keep her, she's only in certain scenes. Her role is done perfectly in this film. It's more about the demon and why it's there and other things that happen. And I don't want to spoil or give anything away, but it, it, it's really a well-done film. Uh, the, the only complaints I have really are just that something you could see coming. And just same thing with the jump scares. You could see them coming. And I don't mind the jump scares. There's like eight or nine of them. But I would say a, more than half of them are earned. They didn't bother me. A couple, you know, you know, and my daughter actually said it when she got it. I recorded it for, uh, you know, the, the 11-year-old horror fan, but I'm not going to play it now. But I'm, actually, I'm building up. I have like five or six of them now. I don't know what I'm going to do with them all. But she even said it. She's like, yeah, the only problem is you could see, you knew when the jump scare was going to come. This is an 11-year-old girl talking. So, I mean, if she knew this, the, the jump scare was going to come, Everyone's going to know it's going to come. Yeah. She has this all figured out by now. So for an 11-year-old to, to recognize that, that's that's the only knock on it. But it's better than I thought it was going to be. And again, on the second view, it actually went up. Uh, check it out. If you can get out to the theater to see it, do it. Because this is the kind of movie that I, I, I would even say at this point, go on a Friday night with the kids there. I didn't because I'm with my daughter and... It was opening weekend last week, and this was the second week. So I don't, I didn't want a huge crowd, but part of me wishes I was there for the the, the effect of going to the theater and having the jump scares and, and the kids jump and everything else. It, it's fun, but I'm gonna come in at a seven out of ten. Nice. But uh, I could actually even see it coming in higher on a third view. Is so, it is it essential to see the first one? Because I still haven't even seen the first one. Not at all, except for the last five minutes of the film where it, they tie it in. They do a good job of tying it into the original, where you're going to watch it and you're going to say, well, what, what does that mean? Why did they do that? Oh, okay. But this whole Conjuring Universe thing is working out, and I hate to use that word because uh, usually things universe, I'm tired of it. With, I'm not into this, you know, the superheroes and everything's got to be a universe now. But it actually works here. There's a little nod to the nun here. And there's something else. Stick around after the credits. They do one of those stingers, you know, just like those movies do. But it's cool what they're doing here, and I like it. As long as they make movies that are at least this good, I'm all for it. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Annabelle thing, part one, here, here's what I do. I came back from watching it the first time, and I said I want to watch the first Annabelle now because I, I want to remember how it – I knew what was going on, and I only saw the movie once. You guys know me. I don't remember shit. But I, when it ended, I'm like, oh, I looked at my wife. I said, I go, that's the family from the first one. And then after that, it doesn't matter that much, but it's really cool how everything comes to be. So, yeah, go check this one out. And then when you're done, if you need the refresher, watch the first 15 minutes of, of you know, the first Annabelle movie. And it ties in pretty sweetly. So go check it out. Nice. Yeah. I'm not really surprised. Watch. Two basically. Yeah. Two? Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we got three more to go. <laughs> All right. Next film is a new one. We got the screener. I don't know if I'm supposed to do anything formal for the fact that this was a screener. I'm not going to. Dave, I'm, 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 I'm looking to you. I'll look and see. I'll see which one you're talking about, and if so, I will. Go the ahead. Evil in Us, 2017. Yes. I'll do it now for you, because it's coming out. Um, I think by the time this comes out, it's still going to be a little bit early. So, yeah, I'll, 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 do, I'll do the thing here. This is uh, from our 
LJ Entertainment, and it is going to be available on VOD, DVD, and digital on August 29, 2017. There, there you go. Beautiful. Oh, that's it. That was nice and simple. Thank you for that's the beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. That's it. Rock and roll. <laughs> and here, here's the basic plot synopsis. While on a 4th of July holiday, six best friends fall victim to the insidious plan of a mysterious organization when they are unknowingly transformed into bloodthirsty cannibals. <laughs> Here we go. Here are the notes. It's Canadian. Yes, it, it has is a, Catherine's. <laughs> it has a techno opening credit sequence that I wasn't very fond of. It's like this, like a beat Why going on the back. Why are you dancing to it? He's dancing to it like, but he's not fond of it. It's so annoying you're dancing, right? He's dancing by memory. That's so annoying. I don't know, if Dave, you saw it, right? Brandon, you didn't get a chance to see it. I didn't get a chance yeah, I saw to see it. Okay. So it's I a saw lot it of, as well. Oh, I'm sorry, Tab. Okay, you saw it. Nice. Yeah, yeah Christian, there is, a, there is a fourth guest here. Uh, forgiven us, please. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. So, so sorry. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> Be so soup. Oh. Sorry. Uh, anyway, we're going to. Uh, so, so the opening was that techno scene, right, Tab? So then all of a yeah. sudden there's a bunch of people diving into blood, splashing into blood, going backwards in the blood. Like, don't look now, Dave. Like, it's a girl drowning backwards in the blood. And you're like, what? <laughs> and then blood splattering down. But all this to this techno beat. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm not going to like this movie. That, that was my first thought. And so anyway. Then it finishes, and we get this introduction to these police officers. They're on a call, and they're going into this building. There's been some noise complaints, and they have to go investigate the scene. And I will admit that had a decent amount of suspense. I actually liked the build-up and the payoff on that scene. I won't spoil anything because it's a brand-new movie, but uh, it's definitely a gory little payoff. However, Good practical effects in this film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. However, then it shifts, and you get that main detective who is a piss-poor actor. Couldn't deliver a line convincingly to save his life. And I, and I should rephrase that. I don't know if he's a piss-poor actor, but he's piss-poor in the role of a detective. That's probably more accurate. Like, I just did not buy him as a detective at all. He could not deliver a line. I was like, come on, this is horrible. Bush that guy's League. a real police officer in real yeah. life. Well, it's Bush League, then. As they try to develop the characters... So what this is doing is shifting between this investigation and these kids going away on their 4th of July weekend of fun. There's a connection, that, that very loose connection that's played out later on the movie. Uh, ultimately, you know, the kids are, they try to make them overly likable. There's a lot of forced dialogue and, what, and, and whatnot just to, to I guess, uh, move the story along and make them a little bit more three-dimensional than the usual. The usual tropes, no cell service because they're in the bush. I guess. And ultimately, it's Evil Dead mixed with Summer Camp. Summer Camp from last year or two well, years I like ago? Summer Camp. Yeah. Last yeah. year. Yeah, I liked Summer Camp too. This is not as good as Summer Camp. I never saw part two. <laughs> Even Tab hates here. you right now. No, Tab's like loving it. She's, she's like, like, she's like holy shit. Up. No wonder they brought me on for replacement. <laughs> like, you could just see it in her eyes. She's like, that. this is, yeah, I can see why now. <laughs> It all makes sense. Yeah, it all makes fucking sense. Even Charlene's probably dying on the, on the other show. <laughs> it turns a little political at the end. A little. It turns totally political uh, with this anti-drug sort of uh, theme brought into it. I, I don't want to say too much because it's new and we're, we're trying to make it as spoiler-free as possible. Uh, interesting, but I said it was ultimately forced and heavy-handed. 
some good things, and I do like how the movie ended. So I came in at a 6.5 out of 10. Tell you what, I have to watch it a second time. I want to watch it a second time because I think I missed, on, missed a few things. But all the killing stuff was really good, and the practical effects were good. But I was a little bit – I don't want to say anything because it's spoilerific. So I'm trying – I don't understand the reasons why, and I'm not 100% sure on exactly how on some things. But that's me. It requires two, two views sometimes. So I don't know. What about you, Dad? I wasn't a huge fan of this movie. I felt very, very old watching this because I was like, get off my lawn with these kids. Like, they're <laughs> very annoying. Yeah. And and the opening seemed like a ripoff of the new girl with the dragon tattoo, except for instead of blood, they're using like the weird ink blot, I guess. But that's it looks like somebody saw that and said, that's really cool. We're going to do that for our movie. Um, and I thought the acting was really sketchy. It, it was rough. You know what? I thought the I thought the main girl was good. The blonde girl yeah. was good. I she thought the, the boyfriend was horrible. Like not horrible, but bad. Most of the most of the other ones were passable, or like I said, with that detective, brutes. Brutes. <laughs> he looked like he had just graduated high school. How is he yeah. a detective? <laughs> it, it was just miscast. Miscast for sure. I think that the my, my slightly higher esque rating. Not that 6.5 is high, but it would signify that it was enjoyable and worth checking out, I would say, based on how we rate things here. Uh, enjoyable and worth checking out for some. And mm-hmm. like I said, if, if you're a fan of summer camp, this is not as good as summer camp. Uh, there's some similarities to it, but uh, and there's some good gore. That's the reason. There is. Mm-hmm. Check it out. I dig, I dig the gore. Where did you go, where did, would you rate it if you had to come in with a rating tab? Um, I'm, I think I'm probably right around you 6.5. I liked the practical effects and I liked the, the violent scenes. <laughs> I know <laughs> that sounds weird yeah. to say, but uh, that was my favorite part. I also think that they didn't mesh the two, uh, plot lines together very well. So that took it down for me. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. You know, it felt like, it felt like a different movie. Like, like, yeah. yeah, didn't it seem like the way it looked like the film grade or something was like two different movies when they were going on the back and forth? Didn't Who knows? Maybe it was. Maybe they had this yeah. six kids go away for the weekend and they're like, shit, we don't have a full movie here. <laughs> so then they put this whole introduction and they'll say, we'll tie it together with this one character because there's, that's the only way it's tied together. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like, um, did you ever see uh, Cabin Fever Patient Zero, the prequel for it? Similar type thing where you have the, the, the kids here in the present, and then you have these. I wouldn't say present and past, that's the wrong terminology, but you have these people in this location, then you have the clinic and yeah. what's going on with the spreading of the disease over here. In a way, it's similar to that. But the film stock looked different. It was, it's like watching a Saw movie, you know how that stuff always looks, and then watching, I don't know, The Conjuring. You know what I mean? Just different looking films. It, that was a little bit jarring. So, well, I'm around the same ballpark, though. But I want to watch it a second time because I think something was lost on me. Those seem like pretty high grade, uh, ratings, though, for, for a lot of critiques. So I'm still intrigued to check it out. Yeah, it wasn't unwatchable. It was just there were some things that yeah. were grading. Cool. So my next movie is Theater of Blood, 1973. Uh, this is a Vincent Price film that I hadn't seen but that I had heard uh, talked about a lot. And it's directed by Douglas, Douglas Hickox. Stars Vincent Price and then also Diana Rigg. For those of you who don't know, Diana Rigg played Olena in Game of Thrones. 
I think that's how most people know her at this point. Um, but this is young Diana Rigg, obviously. Uh, a Shakespearean actor is humiliated at an award show and seeks revenge on his critics. Um, this was Vincent Price's favorite of his own films. And this was everything I loved about Abominable Dr. Fives, but set in like a Grand Guignol-type theater atmosphere. So I give it a 10 out of 10 because I, I love older movies. And I love uh, this sort of horror comedy thing that they have going with Vincent Price. I definitely think it influenced Edgar Wright when he was making Hot Fuzz, just the, the small group of people that sort of get picked off one by one. So I definitely recommend checking it out. Nice. That's awesome. That's that's yeah. one of my favorite Vincent Price's films, if not my favorite. I've always loved that film. We've yeah. got to start it's referring right. to him as Vincent motherfucking Price. If we're giving it to yeah. motherfucking Atkins, <laughs> right. then it's Vince motherfucking. Like, he, he's the man. And I, he classed <laughs> up everything he's in. Yeah. Just by being in yeah. it. It's great. <laughs> I class up everything I'm in just by being in it. Not this show. Yeah. Not tonight. <laughs> Not tonight. That's Not cool. tonight. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> fucking, fucking brutes. Brutes. <laughs> We're going to kill it before it even becomes a thing. <laughs> oh, we kill everything before it becomes a thing. All right. Let me uh, get into it. Try to make this one a little quicker because Christian and Tab have really got this tight knit review down. <laughs> Yeah, man. Whereas Dave and I want to just dissect each film. I know. All right. My last slash. Can I add something? Dissect by not saying anything. That's the other thing. All right. Next one I have is a 2004 slasher, and it is called, and it it is called Hellbent. It's about a serial killer in a devil mask going around Hollywood killing gay men. Okay. No reaction, so I'll just continue. No, it's the, main... it's the it's the I don't know if it's the only gay slasher, but it's it's the gay slasher. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's the gay slasher. The main protagonist is Dylan, who works for the police, but is not an officer because of an eye injury he had. He actually lost an eye, so here, but he did not put a camera in there. Oh, <laughs> damn! <laughs> yeah, him and three of his buddies head out on the town to have fun. It takes place on Halloween night, and one by one, you know, they're being picked off by this serial killer in the devil mask, and he's really giant guy it's almost like a bondage sm snm devil type thing you don't really learn much about him dylan meets up with jake who's a guy he likes and together they form the pair that fight to bring down the killer for a gay slasher it's played pretty straight (laughs) 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 they don't really i gotta say they don't really ram ram it down I wrote that intentionally. Oh. I'm like, I still can't read. It. Of course, yeah. you did. No, I'm talking about with the issue of of you know sexual preference and the whole you know homosexuality. It, it really, I agree with e- you. even though it is a gay slasher, even the character in the film says, "I don't want this." You know, when the serial killer starts killing and they're they're hearing about it, I don't want this to become a gay issue, a gay rights right. issue. And the film isn't. It just it just so happens to revolve around the gay community. But it would work in any scenario. It doesn't right, take it, it. It's not. They don't hit you over the head with it. Oh, not at no. all. Not at all. That's it's what's just good. Yeah, it's it, done right. They're gay. That's it's it. It would right. it would have been fine if it was men and women running around, or all women, or gay women. Exactly. Gay right. Dogs. Yeah. Gay dogs. Dogs. Although I hear all dogs are bi. They are. I, I agree. It, it like I said, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't poke fun at the subgenre either. Uh, taking place on Halloween makes it a great flick to add to your October Halloween rotation. Uh, if you're offended by the gay lifestyle and that puts you off, then first off, skip the film, and second, 
learn some tolerance. Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy the last shot of the film, which left it open for a sequel. I guess I'll spoil that. It did leave it open for a sequel, but at this point, 13 years later, we're probably uh, probably not getting it. Nothing new, but still solid. Another six and a half for me. Inches? <laughs> you, you really probed Very deep cool. into that. <laughs> Damn, you know, with all the with all the jokes I had in there, I can't believe I said another six. I couldn't come up with another six and a half inches on my own. <laughs> you just stole the jokes that I made all previously. Man. That's what I do. That's all they'll remember. That's all the listeners will remember. <laughs> That's right. Ultimately, <laughs> it's great. It's pretty good. I thought. <laughs> Vince keeps yeah, telling me to it. see this film. I've not. It's I have a, never it's seen it. Really good film. It's, it's good. a solid it's a slasher. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's a solid slasher. Watch it in October, like you said. It's a Halloween-based thing, so it definitely fits in. I think Vince wanted to do it for TGIF 13, and we might have to do it. Maybe that's Why what not? we'll do for Halloween. Makes sense. There you go. Why the it's, hell not? I originally, I mean, I'd seen it, I think, years ago, but I recently, in the last couple of years, had reheard about it by watching somebody's, you know, like hidden films to watch on Halloween like less popular horror films to watch on Halloween. And this was one of the picks because it takes place on Halloween and it's a solid choice. All right. All right. All right. I'm going into solid my choice. Is that why you're laughing? Yeah, you're so too mature. I know. Solid. <laughs> now I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Christian saw this too. He said he was going to watch it. I don't know if he did, but we were talking about it earlier in the week. Cause I need to, I, I know. I, I know. And no, I didn't. Okay, well, I'm still going to do the best I can with it. Among Us 2017, after the mysterious death of their young son, a couple desperately flees to a remote lake house, excuse me, a remote lake house to escape the unrelenting, haunting following them, only to discover the mysterious entity is still very much a part of their lives. Yeah, that's that's half of what I was going to (laughs) say. <laughs> I know, and that's what I was thinking when I was watching. I'm like, yeah, look at this. There's a tie-in here because they did lose a son, and there is something going on like that. But um, it's weird because when the movie opens, there's a scuffle, and they're running off. They're in a car, and I forgot which one said to the other, but they're like, "Our son is gone. Whatever was there, that that is not our son." So they already set you up for something that something happened with the son, and they had to, you know, put an end to it, and it wasn't really their son completely. So what's up with that, you know? So now they they end up they have a crash too. What is it up with freaking crashes? What happens again here? Uh, eight months later, the guy's in a wheelchair. He's um they're at some cabin. They're like at a retreat, you know. They're trying to piece their life back together. He's a little bit of a, a misera, you know. He can't get over it. He's but he's sitting inside all the time, smoking weed, doing his thing, looking out at the world while his wife is outside doing other things, you know. And you see little. Little hints. Kitchen drawers are opening up. Something's going on. Um, then there's the, they meet the landlords to, to this to their cabin. They live right next door. They have a son. The son ends up going missing. Um, we find out that this is the fifth place they've moved to since they lost their son eight months ago. And this is the fifth time they've had to, something went down and they decided they want to leave. Because all of a sudden, they see this kid and he's dead. He is the landlord's child. He just turns up dead. They go on a walk together, and this is what they see. And the guy says, you know what? No more running. We're not running. We're going to stay here, and, and we're going to see this out. Because everywhere they've gone, shit's gone down. And they just, they're just tired of running. So they go to a restaurant, and they actually go there for the sole purpose of hooking up with a waitress that works there. Because 
she was on a ghost hunting show and the guy knew knew she was there so that makes her yeah. easy i'm over there i gotta hook up with her because she was on a ghost hunting <laughs> show <laughs> easy prey <laughs> easy prey well no he wants to bring her in to help with with going on at the house with what's following them and everything else you know is this real you know and the wife isn't so sure it, it, it it's it's you know is this a put on she's on a ghost hunting show and at first she's reluctant and we find out later that she gave it up and everything else. But she comes in and she begins to help them out. And, you know, she has all the, the stuff to, you know, ghost hunting stuff. And one thing leads to another. Uh, we get more info on the kid's death and what's going on. There's something that's being held back. Um, I don't know if they're doing a poltergeist tribute in this movie or they're just ignorant to the fact, or whatever, but there's a couple things that happen in this movie that are almost word-for-word word things that are said between the investigator and Poltergeist when she's talking to Joe Beth Williams and Craig T. Nelson in that movie. There's even a scene where they're whispering, like she was in that one, because I've seen Poltergeist so many times that it just, it, I can't miss it, you know? So I don't know if he did it on purpose or not, but it's a little Poltergeisty in that respect. Eventually they discover their the Coopers, which are their landlords, they come up, they get, they discover them murdered, and they go into a seance. Then they find they, they do end up talking to their son, and they find out what their son is really afraid of and what's going on here. And I'll tell you what, it goes into possession territory. There's a batshit crazy climax and a what the fuck ending. And I end up with kind of no clue as to why these things ended up the way they did. So I'm hoping someone else is going to watch this movie. And, and tell me what, what their interpretation of it is. At this stage, I can only give it a 6 out of 10. Could go up if I know more about why. That's where I'm at. But but I, I'd still say it's worth your time. Check it out. It's called Among Us 2017. But speaking of what the fuck, I watched the uh, movie TW, uh, WTF. Right, TWF. <laughs> TWF, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this, so synopsis, this synopsis is so freaking long. Uh, here we go. And this is right on. longer than your review. This is, yeah, pretty much. That's why I put it in. This is uh, right from The Bee, as Brandon calls it. Three years ago, 22-year-old girl-next-door Rachel barely survived a brutal massacre that left all of her friends murdered. Time has passed, and Rachel's moved on. But unfortunately, her close friends are spending spring break in a secluded house in the woods, and they have cordially <laughs> invited her to join. She would never have accepted the invitation if she realized that another bloodbath would be showing up as a plus one. <laughs> yep. Once Rachel and her friends arrive at the cabin, excuse me, the partying, sex, and terror begins. From girls-only pillow fights to debauchery in the bedroom, it's going to be a blast. Aside from the stabbing, flesh-melting, and castration, seven friends will go into the secluded house for the best spring break of their lives, but only one will be alive to post about it on Facebook the next week. As Rachel's biggest fears become a reality once again, can Rachel survive another bloody massacre? Holy shit, that was long, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and that's I'm sorry, the I, I, checked, I checked out very early on yeah, that, so I'm yeah. not sure how long it was. I went out to dinner. So. Perfect. <laughs> oh, oh. That, that was Bruce. <laughs> you said basically, Brandon, by the way. Perfect. When? I forgot to bring it up. You said it earlier. I forgot to say it. This Before is me. old school sleazy slasher so it's gonna have a fan base but really at the end of the day it's only mildly better than average it opens great it opens with this girl running out of a, a cabin covered in blood 
topless right towards the camera saying, what the fuck? As she dies. Yeah. So it's a great opening. It's a great opening. She dies. She dies from a head injury from running straight into the camera. Yeah. 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 It's right out of a Mel Brooks movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. The camera crew's here. Uh, No, she has a a knife in her back. Dude, that turned me off, actually. I watched this movie, too. And when that happened and she said, what the fuck, and died, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a ridiculous comedy. But it's not a ridiculous comedy. No. Like when I saw that scene, that's what I the vibe I got. You know. And then you're and then you have were then treated to a fucking hour of meeting the kids, mm-hmm. a bit of backstory, more nudity. Yeah, the, the guys are attractive. The women are attractive. So I mean, yeah. there's eye candy for uh, both sexes. But at the end of the day, it takes too long to get going after that opening, and then you're left to like the last twenty minutes for everything to sort of kick into high gear. It does kick into high gear, but it's almost like too little too late. Kills weren't good enough. That's my knock. And that's it. Kills, kills were served it better. kind of ridiculous. And, and again, the description kind of spoils some of them, to be honest. 5.5 out of 10. Uh, there's one thing I want to say about this. I wrote yeah. this down. They said three straight characters in this one conversation said fucked up. It was The dialogue in that scene was so bad. It was so bad. Someone says, exactly oh, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. He says, oh. That's a fucked up thing to do. Then the other guy says, yeah, man, that is fucked up. Then the third guy says, yeah, I don't think he would do something so fucked up to you. It, it just, fuck was used as emphasis in too many sequences in this movie. Yes, it, a just lot regular of dialogue. F-bombs. Exactly. And it was unnecessary. Not as, bad, <laughs> not as bad as Kingpin, as I always call it, gutter balls, but <laughs> a lot of F-bombs that were unnecessary. <laughs> At least I remembered, you know? Um, fuck? Sorry, David. The reveal. Yeah, the, that's what I was just about to say. Work on you or not? Well, no, I can't say what I what movie it reminded me of because it will instantly spoil it. However, was there a skull? No. Crush the skull. Crush the what skull. the fuck? Yeah. I said crush the skull. What the fuck? That's how they should have ended the movie. Really, that's how they should have ended the movie. No, it it, it was um, it resembled a film that came out last year, but this one was kind of just a cheat. I don't think it was built up for the payoff. Actually, the way you described, the way the synopsis read, it made me think of a film that came out last year. What film? Right, Last Girl Standing. That's the film. Okay, the synopsis yeah. sounded exactly like exactly. it. I, I wasn't too high on Last Girl Standing. I know a lot of people loved it, but I'm, I'll still check it out. That was, that was a classier one than this. This is more sleazy. Yeah. So if sleazy slasher is what you're looking for, this may deliver the goods. So I have two documentaries. I'll do the first one and then I'll I'll save the second one for my next round. Uh, but this first one is called A History of Horror. It's a BBC documentary that's hosted by Mark Gatiss. And this was recommended on a podcast that I listen to a lot called Monster Party. So I decided to check it out. Um, it's actually a three-part segment. They must have aired it on three nights. And uh, the first seg- segment covers the Universal Monsters. Second segment covers Hammer Horror, and then the third segment covers the '70s American Horror Boom. And I did like it, but I think it does tread some pretty well-worn territory for horror fans. You're not gonna. There's no surprises. You're not gonna be wowed by anything that's in there. Um, and it is meant for just a general audience. So I do prefer the second one that I'm going to review next, the the other documentary. But it is worth checking out uh, just to see some of the interviews that they get. So I, I gave it uh, an 8 out of 10. Nice. You oh, had bad. me at Hammer Horror, but then... Yeah. Yeah. I still and want to check Mark it Gatiss. out. Mark Gatiss. Mark Gatiss had me at 
Yeah, it's it's a great documentary, and he does a good job. It's just you're not going to learn much new from it yeah. unless you're not familiar with those. Where did you check this out? Um, it's actually on YouTube. I tried to oh, find nice. it in a legit way, but YouTube is where I ended up having to go. YouTube is pretty legit here. Okay. In, in Exploding Heads territory, YouTube is pretty legit. Some yeah, say yeah. it's too legit to quit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! You didn't get a laugh out of tab tonight, Brandon. <laughs> I've been laughing this whole time. I just I'm usually just don't laugh. <laughs> she, she LOL'd me. <laughs> look at his face. <laughs> oh, look man. at the feet. The look at the feet on Brandon's face right now. No, I'm. I'm how big is that? That's just amateur. The bad ones. The bad ones are always the winners. <laughs> I deliver Second some beautiful stuff, and that was Bruce. <laughs> All right. You've killed it. You've killed it. All right. The next film is from this year. It's from the director, Colin. I'm going to butcher his last name. Minahan. He's one half of the Vicious Brothers. And it's called It Stains the Sands Red. There you go. Nice I'm going to read the description from the B. Then I'm going to give my thoughts on it. And I know you guys. Tab, did you see this? I didn't get to watch this one. You didn't get to watch this one? Okay. So, Dave, Chris, I know you saw your chime in also in the throes of a zombie apocalypse a troubled woman from las vegas with a dark past finds herself stranded in the desert with a lone and ravenous zombie on her tail i i I mean i gotta say as a whole if i was doing my review by myself i love the first two acts i think it works because we have a strong protagonist in molly and i love the way she she nicknames her uh her zombie smalls yeah. <laughs> made me think yeah, of the sandlot. Yeah, that was funny. I that just, was funny. I just immediately thought of the sandlot, but but the first two acts, and I know Christian, you said you were you were finding it dragging a little bit, but I found it worked because of her performance. I I was really impressed by it. I saw an evolution in her character from this troubled young woman with a past who sort of feels like she's the victim, and she grows and matures throughout the film, and ultimately in the end she kind of becomes this badass female heroine and i I love the way the the undead storyline is more like the battery or even the walking dead where the focus is still on the living you know the struggle of of what would you do in this scenario and the breakdown of society with some of these characters who are just i mean this there's a few characters in here that are pretty awful but two in particular you guys probably know what i'm talking about who show up to lend a helping hand yeah yeah, and well, I like that the zombie apocalypse is the backdrop and plays a major part, but the living is where the story's at. Uh, Dave came in. Dave came in really high last week, or last episode when, when yeah. He what did it. what was his review? Nine what out of ten. His rating nine, nine out of ten. And when Dave rates something high, I'm going in, and I thought the setup was good and stylistically, Dave, you hit it on the head. Beautiful to look at. You, if this is this yeah, low budget right. film. Like betrays its budget. It, it looks it looks gorgeous. It moves great camera work, camera angles. The performance, she, her performance is great. The setup is kind of comical but serious, and it, 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 they do a great job introducing her and where the story leads. Then I found that the first act went on too long, went mm-hmm. on maybe five to ten minutes too long, and I was getting antsy. I'm like, this is not going to be the whole movie, is it? Then it kicked into the second act, and I loved it from that point on. Okay. That's what so you're talking about, like the first act, like the first 15 minutes. I, I'd say by the the 20, 20 minute mark. 
Oh, okay. Okay. 20, I get what you, I, 20 minute yeah. mark. I thought I needed to get to, because it's a two, for lack of a better, like a, a two person yeah. show. It just needed to move. She already developed the nickname. We already kind of experienced some things. And I just felt like it went on for a couple of scenes too long at that point. Yeah. Now, but they've talked about a major, like you're either with it moment or you're against it. And based on the scenario, I, I don't know why I'm trying comparison to this movie, but it, it just, it felt like almost like Tom Hanks accepting Wilson as a being to me. So you didn't like it? No, I didn't mind it at all. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't I'm mind it at all. Call. I was on board. Okay. okay. Like, I and ultimately I love the way, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but the way right, she, right. the way she concludes her storyline with, with this zombie. Okay, so you were cool with it. See, were you cool with it? My only quibble was I thought that first act went on way too long, and I'm and I just didn't feel like the movie was going to progress anywhere. Then it does, and then I had no issues with it moving forward. Yeah. Next to no issues. Excuse me, I'm hiccuping. Did you did you gag at that one scene, <laughs> the tampon scene? <laughs> <laughs> Not no. <laughs> no. no, it was. I mean, because I think I was expecting it, so I was. Uh, he salivated. Uh, yeah. Oh. Hey, Victor salivated. No, I'm gagging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What did it. you rate? What did you rate it? What did I come in? Hold on. Well, you. you All right, I'll get my yeah, rating. I'll get my rating while you look up yours. I, you know, I'm I'm high on it as well. Again, I only watched it once. I was kind of uh, piecing through scenes before the show started, but I definitely want to watch it again, and it'll be you know, a contender for, for top 10 for sure by year's end. I'm coming in right now to solid eight out of 10. Yeah. You guys are, your buzz were both higher than I was. I, I really, I did enjoy the movie right now. I'm a seven out of 10, seven, eight, nine, wow. seven, eight, nine. Interesting. All, all good reviews. Well, good to great. Oh yeah. So yeah, my, my review was beautiful. <laughs> it's not going to catch. It, it won't catch on if you keep doing it. I'm, I'm forcing it. I'm yeah. forcing it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Can't force it, my lord. And I feel bad, uh, Tab. Did did you see t- uh, uh, what the fuck or WTF? I guess is the official title. No, no, okay. I hadn't seen that. Thank God. Okay, good. Oh, you feel bad for not for not asking our guests if she saw the movie. She wants to chime in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. That's why I said I feel bad. <laughs> what <a> frick? <laughs> it's me. Okay, boom. Back into the slasher kick. Finally, uh, I had to watch this one because it came recommended from somebody. And I'm not sure if I had seen it before or not, but it did come recommended, and it's the slasher year, so I had to watch it. And Brandon's been laughing at me the whole time since I told him I watched it, but this movie is Doom Asylum. <laughs> and who are you guys familiar with this movie? I've seen it. I have not seen it. The cover has turned me off from ever wanting to see it. Yeah, it's a terrible cover, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't even know what the cover art was. I don't even know why I got into it. But either way. That's the reason uh, you never saw it before, Dave. I guarantee based on your... Probably. Yeah. My criteria, right? Yeah, this is true. Again, there was a car crash in the beginning with a couple. What is this cr- crazy night? Wow, <laughs> uh, there's a, it's ridiculous. But anyway, it's so ridiculous that there is a car crash, and right after the the car crash happens, which happens for a completely idiotic reason, there these people they're celebrating, they're going to come into money. I forgot what it was, but all of a sudden the guy's making out with his girl and not looking at, he's not even looking at the steering wheel anymore. It's just silly. But then they get into this car accident. And the first thing you see is that, you know, she's a little bit bloodied. He's a little bit bloodied. And they're laying there, and he sees that she has a severed hand. And they're laying in some hay or some grass or something. And he sees that she has a severed hand. And 
the funny thing is you can see this woman trying to conceal her real hand in this in this fucking scene. So it's low budget, of course. And <laughs> but it's just so stupid in, in in some respects. Where right after that, by what you see, you don't think anybody's gonna die. And sure enough, the woman's dead. And now this guy's on the being examined by coroners as if he's dead. And he just comes to life. And they're like, oh, I guess he's not really dead. And then he gets up and he freaking just takes the, the stuff, the coroner's utensils, and he kills the freaking two coroners. And then flash forward to freaking 10 years later, and all these people are characters, and they try to make it com- comical. And it's just not done right at all. Like, ah, I wish I had more time to get into it because there's so many ridiculous things happening here. Like at one time, the woman said, the, the girl says to her boyfriend, because she's grieving, she ends up being the daughter of the girl that died in the beginning. Okay. <laughs> and it's played by the same girl. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Right? Yeah. Can I call you mom? Yeah. <laughs> that, that whole thing. He's like, yeah, I'll take care of you. I know that you're grieving because of this and this, and I'll be here for you. And he, he's like, she's like, can I call you mom? And he's like, yes. So solely because this is her boyfriend. Now, because he says that the rest of the movie, she he's trying to get out with her. And he's like, how, how could I have sex with my mom is her response back to him. It's just that stupid. There's just these really stupid things happening. Uh, and, and they're driving up to like, oh, yeah, did you hear that there was murders here at this asylum? And it's like. There's a killer that is known to be at this asylum and like nobody cares. It's like the murders happened here and they never found the thing and they go there and of course the guy's still there. And there's some other kids that are in the – it's just really mindless. It's everything bad. When slashers get a bad name, it's because of films like this. It's just ridiculously mindless and there's a couple of silly things that are done intentionally with comedy, but they're all such characters. Everyone gets like a, a gimmick. And they have to live it out the rest of the movie. The guy had trouble making up his mind. They mentioned it at one point in the beginning. And for the rest of the movie, everything he says, he's like, we're going to go this way. And he's like, oh, you know what? No, maybe we should go that way. That's his gimmick the rest of the movie because of one comment made about him being undecisive. And they all just become awful characters. And they meet these other people that are supposed to be baddies. And it's these three girls, and then there's this love scene between the girl and the guy. They're in different groups, and they keep having these dream sequences, and they fall instantaneously in love. It's almost like a trauma flick. But it's her really death, bad. her death was cool though. The badass girl. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but there are a few. That's just it. What you said it is the, the saving grace to a degree. There are actually two or three good fills, good kills. There, there's a good uh, <laughs> kill with a face slice. You know, looking at my note. <laughs> uh, it's crazy there's a good uh a drill kill that works good there is there's like two or three good kills there's a uh, good eye stabs there's a a, a ridiculous kill with a, in a machine which doesn't make any sense that's the one i'm talking about it's like oh, a, that... it's like a compressor or something <laughs> yeah she trips over nothing and then lands <laughs> on this thing like a conveyor belt and she's just like wiggling around to her own death and it's just silly as fuck Bottom line, yeah. it's so bad. It's not so bad, it's good, but it's so bad, it's weird. But for some reason, I could see people wanting to watch this, maybe in a group, but it's just weird. But I'm coming in at three and a half out of ten. Whoa! You never come in low. Whoa, what? It's <laughs> the worst slasher I've seen this year. You know how many slashers we're watching? Watch it's definitely been the worst one. Terror Tank watch, Killer. Watch it. Watch Friday 6th this year. Oh, fuck you. No, Hey, Tab, are you a Jason Liz fan? 
Fred, or have you watched... I have not seen Jason Lives. Uh, what? That's, that's why she's still smiling. <laughs> have wow. you seen the new Blood Part Seven? I I think I've only seen up to Part Four. <laughs> Ooh, stop. That should be your that should be your favorite franchise then. If you've only seen the part four, that's like you should be like Friday's the best franchise ever. Right, right. Yeah, if you don't like part two that much, you'll you'll hate part six and seven. Yeah. Kristen <laughs> Davis from Sex and the City was in this too. She was the one who was playing the psychology major who had the most ridiculous death of all. He's not real. Yeah. He doesn't exist. Oh, so stupid. Just because her parents are psychology are yeah. yeah, that's her gimmick, and then she wants to psychoanalyze everything. It's just yeah. so weird. It, it, I don't know. But here's what I've noticed. This is the only bad slasher I've seen this year. Like, bad. Like, be- like, like below a four. Like, I- I've watched a lot of them. Like I said last show or the show before that a lot of them fall in that middle range. That's what I like about slashers. But here's what I've noticed. The, the franchises. This is what's weird about the franchises. They The franchises all have the slam dunk best slasher movies. But for some reason, they also have the worst. There's a lot of four out of tens in 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 the franchises where a lot of those middle of the road slashers the, those bubbly freaking you know like uh what's that shit like sorority house massacre and shit like that i'll give those a five five and a half but i'll watch halloween five or or, or you know or friday eight and say that's a four out of ten see that's what's yeah. weird about the franchises that they're either excellent and then and then there's really bad really bad films I think so. it's because you judge them against the Maybe. other entries in the franchise. I think if, like, you put a killer on a boat with a hockey mask and his name is Terry, <laughs> maybe it's not so bad. Maybe Terry not. takes I... Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe, a, maybe JP's a written right. all over it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe JP has a point. If you're judging it against others in that franchise, maybe you're coming in too low. I don't know. It's possible. Oh, I thought you meant the point of kick Brandon off the show. <laughs> oh, well. He's brutes. We already know about He's that. Brutes. that should sometimes be I'm nickname. brutal, sometimes I'm brutes. I just said that should be his nickel name. Nickel name? <laughs> I can't talk tonight. I can't, I can't talk either, obviously. Shit. Don't you oh, mean my tight. penny name since I'm Jewish? Oh, my Lord. This is, I think, your all-time low on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Tab gets to experience it. Tab is smiling yeah. the whole time. She's having a great time. That's, I am. That's, that's all true. that matters. Well, I'm glad. Glad someone is. <laughs> <laughs> I got to edit this mess. Uh, my Dang next it. film, I got to thank Jason Lloyd. Uh, this is another screener, but this came with no other information. So it's a screener of a movie that I was really looking forward to from Fantasia Festival last year. And this is uh, Fashionista. It is, the synopsis is very simple. A woman who uses clothes as an emotional crutch discovers her life isn't as ideal as she thought. Now, it's directed by Simon Rumley, who is best known for uh, Little Deaths, which I really enjoyed, The Living and the Dead, which I haven't seen, and Johnny Frank Garrett's Last Word, which you two both saw and and both enjoyed. Yeah, fan of that film, So I still have to check that out. That's another one from this year. Yeah. It stars Amanda Fuller and Ethan Embry, as we talked about earlier. I thought oh his boy. performance in this was fantastic. Uh, he's, a, he's, he's a main character, for, uh, for sure. There's like two male leads, but he I would get, say he's the, the main lead. It's not really a horror film, 
but it handles the subject matter with horrific overtones. So the first thing that I thought about was Requiem for a Dream, which is great. So you're like, I can't wait to see this movie now. However, I thought that this movie, Fashionista, was far inferior to Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream, I loved. I love it. I love the way that addiction is portrayed in that movie. And I actually do feel like that is very close to a horror film and could be viewed as a horror film, despite the fact that maybe most people won't classify it as such. Uh, this one didn't it plays out a little bit more abstract. Uh, and I wasn't really along for the ride in fact i was kind of complaining as i was watching it that it reminded me of a third year student film oh Not, yeah I remember and, and it, it kind yeah. of by the look by the way that it was edited uh everything about it and then interesting enough the first credit at the end of the film said that this was dedicated to a, a certain filmmaker and was done in the in his style I'm un- I unfortunately didn't write the filmmaker's name down, down and I'm familiar with the filmmaker and his style, but I'm like, well, that could explain things now because this was like a love note to that director. Did he die in his third year of film school? So I said, I said, this is intriguing. I go, intriguing explains the stylistic choice. So now who am I to uh, to challenge that as that was his goal? I just was unfamiliar with the the source material, I guess. Uh, So I kind of let the slow pace and and bizarreness go after the first act. I just let it go and try to enjoy the movie for what it was. It gets really bizarre and goes into really weird territory. The performance... I can't fault either performance or any of the performances in the film, but I still was let down by the movie enough that I gave it a six and a half out of 10. So for some movies that comes in at, Hey, it was a six and a half out of 10. Check this movie out. You'll enjoy it. This one, I, I was disappointed. It's still a six and a half out of 10. It still should be sought out. I know Jason Lloyd, I don't know what his rating was, but I feel he came in much higher than I did on this film. So it's worth checking out. And I will have to watch it again. Right now. So the second documentary I watched was also hosted by Mark Gatiss. Um, so it's also a BBC documentary. Uh, it's called Horror Europa, and it's an overview of horror by region. So they go through Belgium, France, Germany, Italy, and Spain. And I knew I was going to love this when it began with Daughters of Darkness from 1971. And that's influenced things like The Hunger and even down to the character of the Countess on American Horror Story Hotel. So they're covering some not as well-known movies, which I, which I really liked. Uh, they go through German expressionism. They hit Dr. Uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari and the hands of Orlock, which is a great silent film starring Conrad Veidt, um, French post world war II horror and, uh, talking about it as a response to the shame that France felt after the Vichy government cooperated with Nazi Germany. So they talk about late Diabolique and eyes without a face. They go through Italy. They talk about, uh, Bava with black Sunday, blood, black lace, whip in the body, and, of course, Argento, uh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, and D- Deep Red. Um, the part that I learned the most from was the part where they talk about Spain, um, La Residencia, or The House That Screamed from 1969, and the Blind Dead series by Armando de Asario. And then one of my favorite movies, Who Can Kill a Child? So I gave that one a 9 out of 10. I think people will learn a lot more for it, from it if they're not familiar with foreign horror. If it's if you're really familiar with foreign horror, it might be the same thing as um, History of Horror, where it's kind of a retread. But they do get some really fascinating interviews. 
That actually nice. sounds awesome. I'm familiar yeah. with a lot of that, but I haven't seen a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm familiar Same. with the titles more than the films themselves. Like, I own the Blind Dead series. I haven't watched it. You know, I've seen a lot of the French films, you know, right. the, the German films, but, uh, you know, Who Can Kill a Child. But I, I love documentaries sometimes more than actually watching the films. I like hearing people talk about the films more, than, some, more than the films yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and I'm intrigued by both. Even the one that you say you're not going to learn anything from, same thing like for Brandon. Like I just love. I don't care. I'll sit back and just be like, yeah, it's like brain candy. Yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch both because like I'm interested in in Hammer Horror because I'm ju- I'm just about to start getting into it because I I literally have no experience with Hammer Horror whatsoever. Same Make here. sure you see Vampire Circus. That's one's that one's my favorite. I actually own it. Right. I haven't oh, watched awesome. it yet though. Awesome. So. Yeah, a blind buy, but I'm excited to start start watching those. And yep, those were both on that, that one was on YouTube as well. That one was on YouTube as well, and that's uh, just a two hour movie. It's the other one is like three one hour parts. Cool, awesome. Cool. I'm checking both of those out for damn sure. Nice. Last one of the night is a special Patreon patron Hall of Head review. Oh yeah, Hall of Head man Jerry Herring himself. Hall of Heads. We're making it. We're making it happen. And for me, he chose the 1997 Japanese animated film Perfect Blue. Now, believe it or not, I had actually seen this film before. It had been a couple of years, but once he said to me, you're covering this film, I'm like, is this the film with that and that and that? And I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. And so Perfect Blue. Mima is our main character. She is a J-pop star who decides to transition into acting. When she lands a small part on a drama series called Double Blind, she becomes a hit, and her role in the show is made bigger. The arc of her character, however, is made darker, and they decide to shoot a rape scene, which upsets a strange man who has been stalking Mima. It upsets one of her agents, Rumi, and it also greatly affects Mima herself. Mima is warned by Rumi that shooting this scene will ruin her career and her reputation, but she decides to go through with it anyway. She begins to suffer hallucinations and breaks from reality. This makes it hard not only for Mima, but for the viewer to be sure of what's real and what's a dream. It's very hallucinogenic throughout. Meanwhile, male figures associated with the, with the show are being brutally murdered. I believe the screenwriter's killed, uh, the photographer on the show is killed, and it's, it's gory just because it's anime. This, I'll, I'll talk about it something else later on uh mima is also being haunted by the pop idol version of herself almost like a ghost version of herself from when she was a pop star telling her that she's tarnished and filthy and claiming that mima the actor is not the real mima while this is all going on there's a website called mima's room which reads like a diary of her but it's being written and manipulated by someone who isn't her this puts added tension on her and it makes her look like she might be the one responsible for the killings because there's always posts about her complaining about a certain individual and then that individual will be killed. So with her declining mental state, she can't even be sure if she's the killer or not. The film is, is it's beautiful. I mean, I've always loved the look of Japanese animation. It, it's, it's not a kid's movie. I know when people see you know anime films, they automatically assume it's kids. It's not. It was originally supposed to be a live-action film, but there were issues with funding. Uh, they don't shy away from the violence. Like I said, there's, there's nudity, there's rape, there's plenty of taboo subjects you wouldn't normally expect to see in anime. 
The story for me, it deals with loss of identity. It focuses on the idea of one's role in society. In this case, being an actor is much more prestigious and honorable compared to the perception of being a pop idol. That's how it's perceived in Japan anyway, or what I got from their social issues and stuff like that. It deals with the pressures of the entertainment business and not always making the choice that's best for the individual. Its main thing to me, though, is the mental health and the fragility of one's mind. The film has a wonderful pop soundtrack, creepy, ominous music when necessary, and wonderful and powerful imagery. It requires multiple viewing and still leaves some things open to interpretation. Unfortunately, the director, uh, Satoshi Khan, he passed away very young, but I, I do want to check out a couple of his other films that I've heard of, Tokyo Godfathers and Paprika. I had heard of, but I've never seen them. So I'm definitely going to check those out. I, I just want to say thanks to Jerry for picking this. I really I loved it. It's, it's, it's a great film. I would have loved to have seen this as, as a live-action film, especially with some of the twists and turns. I really don't want to get into spoiler territory, but... You know, it's the characters are great, and I loved every minute of it. It's a terrific film. Highly recommend. Nine out of ten. Wow! Wow! Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. It's it's a great film. I mean, I I just I kind of wish it was. I just wish it was live action. That's the only thing I wish. And I'm leaving so much out. You know, especially in the in the final act. There's, you know, some revelations, and there's a chase scene and a showdown and there's one scene in particular with someone about to be be hit by a truck and mistaking the truck headlights for uh for like spotlights almost like a looking back into the past past fame and the loss of that fame and it's just it's very poetic and beautiful i just i loved it thanks jerry cool. yeah it's a it's a really good film nine out of ten nice man nice cool what's it called again blue sunshine Her- Perfect Blue. Blue Sunshine. Perfect blue. No, it's Blue a- Sunshine is a film, but I, where everyone's hair falls out from using LSD like 30 years earlier. But Oh, so the acid was called Blue Sunshine. I, okay, all right. Yeah, that was... Um, right. Well, that, that was seen, I can tell you that. That was... <laughs> uh, who did Red Shoe Diaries did that film, or was in that film. No clue. Salmon King? Salmon King, isn't it the guy? Well, whatever. All right, let me get on to mine. Boom! Prom Night 2. Hello, Mary Lou. I've only seen this. This is the third time I've seen this. I saw it at the theater when it came out. At the show? And I remember <laughs> the show. Yes. I remember being a kid and seeing this. And like I said, it's the third time. I watched it like in the early 2000s. And then I watch it now. But watching it this time, it's not, it's now on Prime, by the way. So that's why I was. That's why I, I saw it. I go, oh, i got to watch this. It's year of slasher anyway. So, so I checked it out. And as I'm watching it, it took me back to that night. I was remembering the things that made the audience pop and the fun I had watching that movie and everything else. So, but it's a good flick. Of course, it's nothing like the original. You know, as most people probably know, uh, something happened in 1957. There was, there was a this Mary Lou got killed, and this is basically a this is truly a supernatural slasher. Damn it! <laughs> ah, I said the B word. I should just look at my notes, and then I'll never say it. Uh, <laughs> but this is truly a supernatural slasher. I've heard that, that term thrown around for other things, like Candyman and other movies, and I don't necessarily consider them slashers. This is the one that is a, is a supernatural slasher that really works on those levels, where it's supernatural, but they're slasher-type kills, and it just qualifies, in, in my opinion. But obviously much different from the original. Michael Ironside is in there. You see 57, and you see 
the stink bomb fire and the girl burning. And then later on, you know, Vicky is the girl. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I already messed up. Vicky. See, that's why I shouldn't look at my notes. Vicky, no, I don't even know. What happened to Mary Lou? That's what I'm saying. Why am I looking at Vicky? Vicky's mom is an asshole. Oh, it, it's the modern <laughs> girl. The modern girl is Vicky in 1987. Okay. So, yeah, her mom's an asshole. It's a uh, memory. <laughs> Vicky's mom's an asshole. Yeah, that's memory. what I got here. Uh, <laughs> but Mary Lou has a date, and then there's another friend, and this is in the future now, and they've grown up knowing what the hell happened in the past because she cheated on one guy with the other, becoming a priest, and the other guy is like the principal of the school. So that's the one thing that was the same, that the, one of the main character's parents is in the, uh, a position of power at the school because that was something that happened in the first one. There's some cool visions in this thing. Shit, shit gets real with freaking uh, weird shit. There's a, there's a freaky scene with a horse, which still freaks me out to this day. There's a, a sequence with a, a chalkboard, which is really cool, with her getting sucked into it. Uh, there, there's some tributes to uh, act. pardon me, to uh, directors. There's characters named after Romero and Craven, even Henenlotter. You know, it's cool. There's a couple good kill scenes. There's a locker scene, which is cool. Somebody killed in lockers. It's really cool. Uh, eventually, Mary shows up. She makes her return. It's kind of weird how the hell it all plays out because, like, for 30 years, nobody decided to look into this freaking attic and, and wear these old clothes, and that's why it kind of gets stirred up. But whatever. You, you can't dig too deep in it. But when Mary shows up, there's some fun kills that take place. It, it gets wild. I think one thing, I understand why they went this direction, but at one point they could have ended the movie and it would have been a sad, tragic gut punch of an end and it might have boosted the movie. But then afterwards, that's when Mary Lou really does show up and things happen and it gets out of control. So I understand why they, 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 they went where they did with it, but I think if they could have done it just a different way and had Mary Lou come back early, earlier and then have this... And if anyone knows the movie, they probably know what I'm talking about. And it just, I don't want to get into it, but it was still a good movie. Six and a half out of ten. It's on Prime, so check it out. I do, I do have to see that one again. Funny enough, I, I remember, well, one, I've seen tons. Three, I've watched a lot, and two, I've seen once, and four, I've seen once. I've never I seen any of the sequels. I made my friends rent uh, Hello, Mary Lou for prom night. We went to prom, and then we came back, and we watched it, and I was the only one that was into watching it. But nice. Like, let's rent this one. <laughs> I hear it's part three. Up. Part three, you know, I was looking, because we're doing all the slashers this year, and part three seems to show up on some lists of underrated slashers. Yeah, some people like it. i got to watch it. I Is mean, it? I, like I said, I'm only, I've only seen the first. I'm high, out, I'm high on the first one, though. Not super high, but, but higher than most. And yeah. it's comedic. I, I, I liked it. <laughs> But three or two or this one? Well, no, all all of them. Four be, is a four was my least favorite. It's a little. It returns to the serious tone from again from memory. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking it was all right, but I enjoy the goofiness of two and three, and of course I love the first one, and the I detest the remake, which I don't even really consider a remake. Anyway, you know what though? There's good stuff in here. There's good dramatic stuff. Yes, it, it is supernatural, and there's some crazy shit. But there's some there's some good stuff in here. There's some the girl, the, her friend is pregnant. There's some stuff going on there. There's a little bit of teen drama going on. It's not all you know off the wall shit. The blowjob scene. There's some good kills. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and... problem night two. 
Yeah, and I'll do my last one really quick as well. It's another new release. Newer release. It's called Cut, Shoot, Kill. It's from 2017, obviously. It's directed by Michael Waka. No relation Waka, to Jimmy. Waka. And here's the synopsis. Serena Brooks, an ambitious young actress, signs on as the star of a horror film with a crew of backwoods filmmakers that have worked together for years. When the cast starts disappearing, Serena has to become her character if she wants to survive. Tab, don't you just hate him? It's like nails on a chalkboard. Damn. Yeah, right? No, he's I wait until the end of the sentence to throw that in. Did Dave just say, no, he's great? Yeah. Yeah. He does have his fans. See? He does have some fans. Who knew? We like a lot of the same movies, so. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, crazy. There you go. Freaking hanging rock. Great. Uh, there you go. Admittedly, this movie was filmed very well. The budget was obviously low, but yet it's another movie that seems to not show its budget limitations. The acting in this film was way above uh, what I experienced in WTF. I'm not saying it was fantastic, but it was definitely better than what you come to expect from some of these low-budget slasher-esque movies. Uh, Yes, I guess this is a slasher. She's in a horror film. And what we find out is the movie's really a snuff film. As the description kind of alludes to, uh, this is not really a big spoiler because you kind of uh, realize this, you know, the 15 minutes into the film. Uh, And then the movie plays out. So she's got to survive. And how they play it it out, there's a little bit, you know, you're talking about drama and prom night too. There's some dramatic scenes that you're kind of like, oh, these, not that they're not needed, but they just seemed weird considering that it's, you know, more along the lines of a slasher film and you could just get along with the action. So I kind of respected it for trying to create story and build these characters up to be three-dimensional. So not a total waste, not a home run. I gave it a six out of 10. Seems to be the theme for the night. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of sixes. And I'm I'm being vague because it is a newer release. And so I don't want to give too much away. I think the synopsis is enough. Cut, shoot, shoot, kill. I keep thinking capture, kill, release. It's... Those yeah. titles are right exactly the same. Yeah. I thought the same thing as well. Yeah. I do like the, the cover art for this. Looks a little old school. It's got a uh, a hand through a movie slate and it's bleeding down. It says uh, uh, cut, shoot, okay. kill. Yeah, that is a cool uh, cover. I saw that one. Nice. I almost watched this one, but I didn't. I'll keep my last one very short because you guys have done another great episode on this movie. I just watched The Devil's Candy from 2015, um, directed by Sean Byrne. Uh, stars Ethan Embry, Sherry Appleby, and Pruitt Taylor Vince. Um, I really liked this movie. I liked the loved ones, so I figured I was going to like this one. And I thought Ethan Embry was great. He's so good in this movie. Uh, I thought the daughter was great. I love their relationship. I love the soundtrack. Um, I I really had a good time with this movie. I felt like the ending was a little anticlimactic for me, but I had a really good time watching it. So I gave it an eight out of ten. Nice. Yeah, we were all we were all higher, but. I, I I could agree. I think uh, I, I was a little bit more, I guess, turned off by the CGI fire climax. Yeah, but, yeah, that was a little rough. <laughs> but I still I didn't no- notice it. I watched this again last week, and I still it didn't even hit me. I wasn't even thinking about it. It's weird. It just didn't didn't even cross my mind. Didn't <laughs> 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 it? Yeah, great film. Though. Great film. And I lo- yeah. the loved ones was amazing. Yeah, that's one of my favorite films. Yeah, that's great stuff. Okay, that was that was great. We have to rush through these uh, emails and things. 
Uh, you know what? We have to answer that question. That's what we have to do. Top of the mops. It was from Neil. He said, uh, what are your top five independent horror films? So we decided to not do all time to go 90s and up because everything Texas Chainsaw, Romero's Deads, uh, a freaking Friday the 13th, Halloween, all these things were independent films. So in order to, you know, make it a little more interesting, we decided to go 90s and up. So there you go. What do you guys got? You got oh, a five? I did. I did the Millennium and up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> I went nineties. Actually, enough. mine actually works millennium enough, but but yeah. I I would have done nineties if I'd... I. Yeah, we talked about it. We said to go nineties. No, you, you did, but I, I <laughs> mine actually was all millenniums. Yeah. Oh, well, what do you got? Shoot them off. Nineties sucked anyway. <laughs> all right, you want me? All right, I guess I'll just go. Uh, yeah, I left off for, for the sake of making this list. A tiny bit more interesting. I left off films like Saw and Martyrs, which people know are like two of my favorite films of the millennium. I left off The Babadook. Um, I even left off The Loved Ones. The five <laughs> films. The five films I put number five: Pontypool. Canadian. Definitely worth checking. Canadian, yeah. but better than Christian. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Number four. A film a lot of people don't talk about, and I really enjoyed it. I need to see this one again. This one would definitely uh, benefit from a second viewing. That's called Resolution. I believe it's from 2012. Did you guys good. see this? Yeah, good flick. Yeah, no, real, real interesting film. Yeah, check it out. Number three, Citadel. Have you wow. guys seen Citadel? I've seen Citadel. I have not. Did, I've heard. Did, did you like it? Yeah, I, I really liked it, yeah. Yeah, I liked it too. It was creepy. And then my, my number two and number one are... Really, no surprises to people. Number two, I have The Final Girls. I just have an, a love affair with that film. And my number one, one of my favorite films of the millennium, The Invitation. Just brilliant. Some of the best acting I've seen in a... Maybe it's not a straight-up horror, but horror, thriller. It gets to me every time. Both of those are great. I got to see The Invitation at Telluride Horror Festival, and they had uh, John Carroll Lynch there doing the q Oh, that's awesome. That's and awesome. it was really good. Yeah, he was I loved great. it. Yeah, Logan Marshall Green and um, I forgot who played the what's her name. I know Whoever, Tammy Blanchard was in it. Ta- Tammy Blanchard, that's what I was trying to think of. They, I mean, they were phenomenal, and John Carroll Lynch was too. I mean, yeah, they all should have been recognized for awards. Right on, right on, right on, right on. All right, who wants to go? Oh, okay. I have a really hard time making these lists, so I just picked ones that really surprised me or included things I had never seen before. So um, number five for me is The Broken from 2008. This has Lena Headey in it. Um, it's not a super well-known film, but it's very short on dialogue, and it's a lot of nonverbal acting, which I re- was really impressed by. My number four is Grace from 2009. Uh, I thought right. that was amazing. I thought uh, Jordan Ladd did a really great job. And uh, I already didn't want to have kids, but that definitely made me not want to have kids. <laughs> Um, my number three was May from 2002. I think Angela Bettis is so brilliant in that movie. Uh, and it's just a beautiful, a weirdly beautiful film. Number two for me was Ravenous from 1999. This is one that Kate introduced me to. It's got a really like gallows humor feel. And Robert Carlyle and Guy Pierce are amazing in it. Number one for me was Excision from 2012. This is one a listener told me about, and I was totally blown away by Anna Lynn McCord, and it was just not what I was expecting at all. So that one definitely has to be number one. 
Great choices. Yeah, we're we were supposed to what do a face off with banana laser for uh, excision. Yeah, we have still haven't done that, Dave. Oh yeah. Well, we'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, Anna was phenomenal in that. And the broken, I was going to ask you, but I actually looked it up while uh, right after you mentioned it. If it was a certain cover art, and it, I always liked that cover art, but I haven't seen that film. But now I want to see it. It's good. It's got Richard Jenkins in it too, who's a great character actor. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. We were just talking about him recently on uh, on my other podcast about about all the roles he's done and in particular yeah. i just i i think he steals the movie in in step brothers i really yeah. do i think every time he opens his mouth i'm just dying laughing with with whatever's coming out of it yeah he's great don't make a sick joke christian <laughs> I, no, i'm not i'm not and i'm more annoyed by this list because i i can't finalize it the way i want because i feel like the idea of independent is so broad now yeah, everything's that, independent now. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I like my top five list. I, I mean, I, I like don't. what's on it, but it can't. I, I love so many other, more films that I guess are considered independent as well. I hate your top five, and I haven't even heard it yet. Yeah. Well, so don't feel bad that you don't like We're it. We're going to let Dave go last. <laughs> Dave's fast asleep. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I fucked up something with my notes. I'm okay, though. Oh, okay. No, the notes. Didn't <laughs> fuck it up. It's okay. Didn't erase and just fuck something up. Okay. I just hit the leap by accident. <laughs> my uh, my number five is The Voices. Came out a few years ago. Ryan Reynolds really enjoyed that. And the final number four, The Final Girls, right there with you. B number three, Trick or Treat. Number two, February. And number or The Black Coat's Daughter. And number one, The Loved Ones. Yeah, so so tough. Great list. I, there's so many. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there is. It, and it, you it, guys it, mentioned it, some already. I'm like, yeah, I could easily put that on yep. there as well. <laughs> All great. You know what I did? I decided to leave foreign films off in a way to cut it down. Same with me. No, uh, yeah. you said that earlier. So I took yeah. Martyrs off. I took because that that would have been on there too. Right. Right. I guess we should have prefaced our whole discussion by saying that because I specifically said this is going to make it easier, <laughs> which it didn't. Not much easier. No, <laughs> yeah. there's still a lot of. Lesser-known films that are great. No, it helped, but I still have all heavy hitters, so there's nothing obscure about mine. But there's certain things that I just know I couldn't leave off. So even despite taking off, you know, making it from the 90s plus and taking the foreign films off and everything else, I still end up with something pretty basic because there would have been a lot of foreign on there. Like you said, Martyrs, uh, Wreck and Wreck 2, I think, were, you know, I think they're, they're independents and some other French extreme ones. Lots of good ones. So I ended up going with... Uh, these five American films. Number five, The Blair Witch Project. Number four, Scream. Number Scream. Scream. Wes Craven, Scream. It comes it's up independent? as independent. I'm, oh it did it come up, up as independent. I saw that. It came up on my search. I just kept doing searches, and that's, you know. So, so I went with Scream. Number three, American Psycho. Uh, number two, Saw. And number one, of course, The Witch. <laughs> Fuck, That's man. It don't get much more generic. <laughs> <laughs> but honest, honestly, oh. I love all five of those films. That's what I'm saying. I you know? know. I mean, I you at least did it right. You Like, you told, like, we all kind of went around it. I know. Kind of been like, five that surprised us. Five, right. Five. You went with your five favorites. I did. That's what they asked. I stayed true to the game. I got rid of a couple of things. And, and that's oh, and it. a shout out to Proxy. I wanted to put that on my list. I don't know why. That's a I good didn't. flick. That's yeah. I, that's a brutal and great flick. It's good, dude. I could have put on it follows, and I didn't. I could have put on freaking Bone Tomahawk, and I didn't. Yeah. I left some some recent ones that I really liked a lot and rated crazy high off. 
Probably so, be harder to put a top five mainstream or studio. I think films it would be. I think it, it would be at this point. Yeah, yeah, You're, yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah, who knows anymore? If Scream is considered independent, then yeah. <laughs> we are going to put off uh, Derek's until next show or till forty six because it's going to require a little thought anyway. And it came in tonight, so that'll save us some time. Excuse me, that'll save us some time. We're going to put off an email, another one, until show forty six. Because when we answer it, we have already done what this person's asking us to do. So we'll be able to address it then. But it's also addressed to your other show and 22 Shots. But when you see the email, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's, it's something that we've already done, so it doesn't matter. This one I have to play, though, because this is something that's going to directly affect show 46. So let me just cue this one up and play this one quickly. And then that'll be that. Then we get on to our final. Because time is of essence. Okay, so. Hi, guys. Hope you're all doing well. Um, my name is Christine Stroud. Just wanted to let you know I really enjoy your podcast. Uh, it's really a lot of fun to listen to. I work in a cubicle by myself. And I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts. And you are one of the more enjoyable ones. I really appreciate the, the foreign movies that you're willing to talk about. But I do have a question. Does it make any difference to you how we listen to the podcast? Is one format more beneficial for you than another? I generally listen to you through iTunes download, but I also have you available through a podcast um, uh, app on my phone also. And just didn't know, does it make any difference as long as we're rating you on whatever we're using? Just, uh, so that was one of my questions, because if I can use you on multiples, I would do the one that helps you out the most. Um, I'll also leave my number at the end of this because I also wanted to talk to you about I am donating to you, and I forgot the name of the bloody program I'm using to do it. But uh, I also wanted to talk to you about a Crack and Wise uh, segment. I think it sounds like fun. Yes. I think it sounds a little intimidating. But I also wanted to ask about uh, you know what all that would entail, too. Uh, my, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate everything you guys are doing. I worked at a theater from 80 to 85, like my high school and shortly after years. Nice. Many of these slasher movies you guys talk about, I saw first time in the theater because I could get in free. We saw everything, good, bad, and the ugly. And uh, <laughs> so it's a lot of fun revisiting things that I have not seen since 80, 81, 82. Uh, hope you guys have a good day. Take care. And my number is... No, we don't have to air that. So... Yeah. There you have it. to the listeners. They want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great. Uh, that's a great voicemail. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Now, that's sorry, fantastic. Sorry, it came in a little blurry at the beginning. Did you say her name was? Or did she say her name was Christine? Yeah, that's yes. what I was going to ask. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. That's yeah, what, that's what I thought. I just want to make sure. Thanks, Christine. Yep. Yeah, and I'm glad she's up for the, the the cracking wise because we were talking about this that we we want people to take that option and come yes. on and have a good time. Like I I love that people want to pick movies and I'll watch whatever someone picks, but. Come on, have a good time. We're I think I think Tab experienced it tonight. It's literally just coming on and talking with us, and <laughs> and tomorrow we, she's quitting podcast. Yeah, <laughs> all the effort, all the effort we put into our show. These fucking idiots just throw together whatever and put it out there. <laughs> no, this is awesome. I'm having a great time. Well, thank you. Are you oh. trying to convince yourself? I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. I'm having a great time. <laughs> she's blinking a lot. I don't know. She, she who she's trying to signal off the camera there. 
Is, is Kate oh, over there? Kate's trying to save her. <laughs> Dave, that's a good question because I don't even know that. Because when I'm listening to other podcasts, I want to make sure they get credit for a download and, and the whole review thing. All, I got to start reviewing. So you you know all that stuff. Yeah, I know. It's iTunes. iTunes is, is the best way to do it. it. It's the most noticed. It's the most. It's actually Apple Podcasts now. But it's the most recognized. And it, it seems to be the way to, uh, to build up your podcast uh, the most is what goes on in with them so okay. you're doing itunes that's awesome you're, you're rating us on itunes that's awesome you're you're in the hall of heads that's awesome and we're so excited that we are gonna finally do a cracking wise so if you can get skype either if you have a smartphone you can get it there or on your computer uh if you don't have a- that access we'll just do phone in style we'll figure it out we got the number we'll be in touch but you'll be hearing this anyway so cracking wise she'll be here on show 46 we'll do a segment with her so we're very excited about it that's why i had to play it now because this is our only chance because show 45 is no fucking around boom 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 you know it's one of those shows no fucking no no fun no fucking around yeah. <laughs> boom 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 let's just get this out of there we'll way. see no, no. <laughs> So, yes, we're looking forward to that. Very much so. And thank you again. So, boom, that's that. We are going to our final review for the evening. And then we're getting the hell out of here because it's late. So, that's that brand new movie by the name of Red Christmas. Okay, Red Christmas, 2017, directed by Craig Anderson. A mother must protect her family on Christmas Day from a demented stranger who is hell-bent on tearing them apart. And this one stars the legendary Dee Wallace. Produced by her, too. Yeah. Produced? Yeah. 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 This comes out the 25th. The 25th of August. It's theatrical and VOD. So it's all over the place, which is good. The 25th, what the fuck? Again, again, August 25th, not November 25th. Yeah, bizarre. Not December 25th. I know. This is the second time this has happened in two years. This exact same thing happened. Uh, what was that movie last year, All Through the House? Or Yeah. What was that? It came out that early? What? Yeah, Good Tidings yeah. came out later. All Through the House came out that early? I thought it was a little later. No, oh, I'll tell you what. Maybe it was October. Maybe I was wrong. To be, to be fair, though... Red Christmas does nothing to capture the Christmas horror feel. So, I disagree. What? I disagree. How it might as well. It, it might as well have been Thanksgiving dinner. No, because the well, second it takes time place I in Australia. Watched... Where were you expecting snow? Like <laughs> <laughs> what? Either way, it, I it takes Christmas. place in Australia. Oh please! I was checked out very early. This movie's ridiculous. Are you serious? Are you being serious? You're I'm being pushed... dead serious. I'm being dead serious. I know I know you guys are probably going to blow this film, but I I really I like the opening. I love the opening, the protest, the abortion, the bomb scene, the opening scores fantastic. That was great. Agreed. That was that was the best part of the movie. Then it flash forward to 20 years later and I'm like, "Why is D Wallace having an American accent? Everyone else has Australian accents. I get it. They're in Australia, but because it's she's just... from America, and she married somebody from another country, and the kids were raised in their country. Very she held on to her accent, and they were raised there, so naturally that's what they speak. That's kind of sense. Just, it just is, it seemed ridiculous to me. I can't believe you even opened this up like that. I'm shocked. I'm shocked, yeah? too. Really? I really am. The production oh, yeah. values, I, knowing the kind of films you like, I, I just, wow. yeah, I'm, I'm very Tab? surprised. Yeah, Tab um, would say something. <laughs> yeah. 
slap Brandon across the face with reality. Or, there were things I liked about them. this movie, but I I don't know that I loved it. I there were like I said, there were things I appreciated, but I do think that it veers off in some weird directions, and I think that it's a little uneven. I, little, I probably am more on par with Brandon. I was gonna say it's a very heavy handed at, at the front of the film with the whole abortion thing. And then it kind of—I don't know—it kind of lets up on it. Well, what do you want? Preachy shit for a movie? For a fucking? If you're gonna go heavy-handed at the beginning, give me that for the movie. Make it really dark. That was a setup. That was just the setup. I—I want to read my letter. I want to read my letter. Oh, it scared me. Oh come on! Oh my god, Dave! Dave, I'm right with you, man. Yeah. I fucking I fucking love this movie. I love the opening. The first, I thought I thought Brandon was joking. The opening. Yeah. The first I really, two and a half I really minutes. wish I was joking. I don't think I'm like. Look, we haven't even really talked about the movie, but I, I'm just gonna say it. I'm not gonna come in as low as you think I'm gonna come in. But I was very disappointed because I was expecting amazing things from this. I was just underwhelmed. I, I felt like I, I felt. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say the characters felt very cliche. You got sort of like the, I don't want to call her slutty just because she's pregnant, but she's sort of got like the free spirit wild daughter and her husband. Then you got the the generic like Bible thumping daughter. Like it was like it, the, it didn't mesh well. Then you got the one daughter who's, I didn't even think she was Australian. I think she was Spanish. Hope. I think she's mulatto. Actually, I, I, I don't totally understand. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't find it annoying at all. I my no, favorite part of the film. The best performance of the film, the character I loved the most, was Jerry. Jerry's yeah, great. great. Jerry was terrific. Joe was so great. Was Joe. Too, though. Yeah. So was yeah, Joe. Oh, Joe. Joe. Yeah, I forgot about I forgot about about Joe. Joe was terrific too. But okay, I want Wallace, Wallace was very disappointing for me. I, what? I, found, I found a lot of the choices she made were serious. Were uh were silly. Silly. Yeah, I'm, dumb, silly. I'm dumbfounded. At so one point. At one point, she she drops the shotgun, and then they run into some room, and she she's like, "We need to look to see if there's a gun around here." I'm like, "You just had a gun." The phone thing too. She said she's gonna put the phones all around, and then she forgot her own phone, and then the phone rings, and she's got the phone on her. Yeah, and, and why did she have to go outside to pull down the lattice anyway after they locked up all the windows? I don't know. I don't remember any of this I was stuff. just like, I don't know why for me. I, I don't know why. Like I said, it's been a long week. I'm not, this is a one-time watch for me. I'm not going to go crazy with it. Like, I mean, we really didn't even get into the setup, but, you know, the, the opening scene, we got the a protest and abortion and a bomb goes off. And then you see all of a sudden this guy walk in and take a baby out of a bucket that you assumed was aborted, but it's still alive. Then you get fast forward to 20 years later and it's Dee Wallace, her three daughters, sitting down for Christmas dinner. Not for yeah. dinner, but they're sitting down. They're opening presents. They're talking, and, and Uncle uh, Uncle Jerry's there. And she's selling Uncle, the Uncle house. Joe. Uncle Joe. Jerry's her other son. Yeah, yeah Jerry's. Jerry's. I'm sorry. Jerry's you're right. Son. Jerry's the son with, with Down syndrome, and, and Joe is the uncle. You're right. Yep. Well, and I took this planning. totally different totally different than Brandon. I'm sorry, well, Dave. No, maybe you, could, maybe you could talk me up. I mean... I actually enjoyed I, I don't want to hide the conversation here, so I'll just say this and then I'm gonna step back. But I actually enjoyed the idea of, of, of the look of Cletus all like sort of deformed and, and bandaged up and with the cloak. Yeah. In fact the funniest line the funniest line is from Jerry in the film Mr. Cletus, may I take your cloak? 
<laughs> that I nearly shit myself laughing. That was so funny. But and I love I love the justice he dishes out right away to the farmer who's being a, a real prick. Oh, that was great. Yes. But so I, what I'm basically saying here is, here is like almost like the first half of the film I really enjoy, and then once it things are starting to be revealed, it's kind of I don't know, kind of gets a little wonky for me. Wow. I wow. Yeah, I I thought it was sort of like tongue in cheek. <laughs> I thought I thought it was very very funny. I thought it was more like a comedy disguised as a horror film, and then they had this heavy handed thing. Like at the, I I actually said, I I, I I'm sort of off my game right now because Brandon, you really threw me for a loop. I thought you were gonna love this. I just thought it would be up your alley too. I I loved it. I'm not hiding it. Uh, I'm like, poor life or poor choice? What do you think the message of this movie is? Because you can argue it either way. I agree. You can't tell. It's just shit from every angle. I agree. You can, you can argue it either way. The way they set it up, uh-huh. the way that it pre- presents itself, the, the outcome of how it presents itself, you could e- say, oh, wait, this movie's totally pro-life. Oh, no, this movie's totally pro-choice. <laughs> I agree. And I think that a lot of people, however they feel coming into the movie, is what they're going to freaking say it is. It's like anything else in politics. It's whatever you want to call it. But to cast that all aside, it's a slasher movie. And it's it's a well-made slasher movie. My only complaint... Here's... I have two complaints and everything else I'm fine with. My two complaints is the first couple kills with the CGI. I wasn't expecting the CGI. And I wish they could have done without it because the practicals were all good. So that wasn't necessary. Um, but that's only the first two kills. Most of the other stuff was just fine. Not uh, the first two. The first was the guy. Oh, when yeah, the girl got okay. split? When the girl yeah, got I, didn't, split, I didn't have any issue with the girl getting it, split. I actually thought it was pretty cool. It was too CGI-ish for me. It was a, a little too a little too cartoony. And then the, so the second work, one. So it looked okay. Yeah, I guess, but everything else about this film was, was, was top-notch. So th- that's what I'm saying. And when it started, this movie came with a little buzz because Jason has been saying it's pretty good st- slasher. Check it out. And then when I saw the, the CGI kill, I was like, ah, then I saw a second one. I'm like, oh, no, it's not going to be. But it wasn't that whole movie. It wasn't the whole thing. That's my only beef. And then, ultimately, when you finally do see Cletus unmasked, it was too alien. It was too far. Oh, from it was re- to take it, that serious. really took that really hurt. That really hurt. I know because I was scared. I don't think you know, it really hurt it. I think I just think it hurt it. I, well, I do I, agree. I, I'm not, not really happy hurt, about but that. It, was, it yeah. was ridiculous. It's like make him human. Yeah, it was too far fetched. It was too alieny. It was too, and it's unfortunate because you know me, I'm scared. If I know there's someone deformed under there and the way he talked and shit, I was like nervous when it got to that scene because I don't think anyone else got fooled because I didn't get fooled. But that whole scene with the um, the Santa hat and, and I think you kind of knew what was coming when you went down there and you saw, you know, the two brothers and what's going on. So I know that any minute now we're, this this thing's going to stand up and we're going to see it unmasked. And I'm probably going to be bugging out a little bit by its appearance. And make it look like Jason in part three or part two. Something. Make it look more remotely human, you know? And freaking <laughs> <laughs> not that. That, that, that. that took away that sting for me because I was like on the edge of my seat, like I about agree. to get bugged out and be uncomfortable. And then I saw it and I was like, <sighs> oh. I wish I never showed it. I wish I never showed it. I wish he revealed itself to Jerry. But then when he came, when, when, Wallace comes back in it's almost like you just see the cloak come back over and you didn't have to see it so yeah. I took I took a notch away for that to be honest uh, eyes agree. were too big eyes were way too big yeah. the teeth I could see they were gnarled and nasty teeth I could see that but the eyes were huge it was like alien almost like an alien like a gray you know mother my eye is popping out 
<laughs> that spooked me out. Tab, do you feel the same way about it because of what the reasons Brandon said, or or, or is your feel for it for different reasons? Um, I think some of what Brandon said, I I agree with. For me, it was mostly that it does have a humorous tone, but it also wants to be a serious movie, and you can't really have both. You can't you can't have both things going on. You have to pick one, and for me. And also the fact that he's like unkillable. He becomes Michael Myers at some point where nothing is killing him. And you also can't have both your shambling and falling over yourself. And then also you, you can't be killed even by a, a really sharp anchor and all these other things that they throw at him. <laughs> yeah. They, they, I, mean, push, I, can, they push. I can see your arguments guys. I can, I could, maybe it's just that I love it. And like, yeah, I mean, I the these are way. things, these are things that you can argue in every Friday the 13th movie. And Correct. and and we just love them. Tad, maybe not you as much, but based on your your part two uh, stance or whatever. But I'm just saying, I was very forgiving of these things. I didn't I didn't yeah. think of them as issues. I've watched it twice, both times mm-hmm. by myself. I watched it once when I was away, and I really enjoyed it. And I watched it once again th- this morning, and I enjoyed it even more. And wow. I'm almost embarrassed yeah. to say, after you guys sort of come down on it, that I actually got teary. When Cletus was like, I want to leave, read my letter. And then like, he's getting pissed on and, and whatever and oh, thrown yeah. out and whatever. I was like, I felt fucking sorry for him. And I was like, actually like, wow, this is brutal. I, I guess no, I'm a sucker I, I, for this movie. I, I sympathize with that as well. Yeah. I also felt like Cletus wasn't a bad guy. He was just unfortunately a victim of just a terrible mother but well, no uh, a terrible upbringing from the religious guy that right. beat him and installed these hard freaking stance you know uh, well yeah heels in his head yeah well he didn't that know any too, better but, but even but the mother wasn't even you know at least the least bit forgiving like well, she didn't know and she didn't know at first she didn't know what happened she didn't believe it she thought it was a stunt and then later right. on by the time it happened she hit her he had already killed half her family so yeah, how but can the, you forgive him? but he brings <laughs> up on. he brings it up in the first conversation when he's sitting there. He brings it up, and she immediately is like, "This has to do with that from twenty oh, yeah. years ago." She thought it was a prank from from pro life. A people. prank? A twenty year prank? Like, come on! Like, no, I, so it makes total sense because the way things are nowadays it, politically, you don't think because she even said it. She goes, "Somebody looked at a freaking thing, you know, uh, the, the day of the explosion, and saw some names, and, and saw who I was, and you decided know, I, to come I, over I, here just, and fuck with me." I just I didn't buy that aspect. Extreme, of it. there's extremists all over. Oh, of course it's extremists, but right playing now. a prank doesn't seem extreme to me. It's not a prank. It's it's harassment on Christmas Day of going into somebody's house and, and doing something crazy yeah. to to shame her in front of her family because Killing this her daughter person... was was when all of a sudden okay now this is extreme. Now I'm gonna kill your family because you won't accept me as one of your own. Now, well, now I know how I Dave felt when we were reviewing uh, Don't Breathe last year. <laughs> no, here, here's what I'll say, and, and Tab said it perfectly, is that it's trying to be too many different things in terms of its its genre, and I I could be forgiving of it if it wasn't so heavy-handed with the abortion thing. I'm like, okay, we're, get, we're in for a serious horror film, and the ending of the film it, it is is oh. pretty serious and, and really a, a Ben Bummer, for lack of a better term. <laughs> but, uh, ben and, and, you know, when you talk about being teary-eyed, I'm, I'm not going to say I teared up, but one really emotional scene for me what was Jerry hearing Diane oh, yeah. and, yes. then, and then confronting the her. Yeah, was, and then confronting yeah. her. I really thought Jerry saved this film for me. I, I didn't mind the sisters. I just felt that they were, especially the, the, 
the Bible thumping sister. I thought it was a little cliche. The kills were awesome. They really were. Yes. Yeah. And see, that's the thing I appreciated about it. There's some stuff that I've never seen as far as kills, like the umbrella. Oh, I was fantastic. like, whoa. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That part was great. I didn't have any problem with the slasher aspects. It was the the tone of the movie for me mm-hmm. that, that yeah. messed it up. So yeah. the, the no humor, issue. because here's the deal. I don't like humor in my horror, and I didn't really notice much humor going on in this, no more than you'd see in, in an average slasher. There's always a little bit of, you know, humor, not comedy. There's a difference. There's always a little humor in slasher. I didn't see anything comical in here. I guess me, you guys did. For me, it reminded me of stuff like early Peter Jackson, like Dead Alive. Like he was wow. going for that kind of tone. But also serious, so I I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Well, this, I didn't think it went that crazy. I just thought it had some great moments, like with Joe and the dialogue that Joe had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Some, yeah, I mean, some of the things I thought there was there's some shaky cam that worked in some instances and didn't. There's some editing choices that I wasn't fond of. Again, I was nitpicking because I was like, I got to find something, some things I didn't like because I actually loved all the performances. I actually thought D. Wallace was great. See, it's funny because I think the reason why I'm, why I'm like, I'm not super low, like I said, but the reason why I feel like I'm so low is for me, the two weakest performances that I wanted more out of in terms of, in terms of depth of dialogue and depth of emotion with each other is Diane D. Wallace and the character of Cletus. Even though I talk about some of these other characters, you know, some of the daughters being cliche or whatever, not of much substance. Those were the two that I wanted to see, like, really much more heavy handed, like Jerry. You know what, though? Their fights seemed realistic to me. Their bickering between the sisters, that seemed like a real family, you know, a quabble or a quibble. I mean, that's like things that you see. For some reason, you know how sometimes you see things when when they have families bickering and you say, ah, wow, that's too fictitious. This seemed to me like some of the back and forth, particularly between the sisters, was very believable. I don't know. It just seems like it would be that way. That's, and, that's fine, but make Diana and Cletus really strong. Like like the emotion we get with, with Diana and Jerry, you know, and ultimately what happens with that is 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 heartbreaking. But in terms of Di- Diana and Cletus, it's like I couldn't root for one or the other. You know what I mean? It's like we needed a protagonist and once I, well I don't want to spoil anything we needed a protagonist and ultimately we, I think we ended up with two antagonists so maybe you're letting the the uh, the morals of of the story bother you more so I didn't find that at all actually I didn't I didn't get bogged down by any of that yeah I yeah, wanted I wanted the... somebody I wanted somebody to have that breakdown moment where the like you know what like you know I messed up you know I mean, Cletus definitely had it more than Diane when he's crying. He's like, you know, I think he says something Must like, love "Why me. don't, why don't, yeah, yeah, exactly." Tell me so, you love me, right? But, but the right. reveal of the of of his look just definitely took me out of it. Mm. That that did suck. I agree, and I'm in agreement with that as well. I and yeah, just the suck. superhuman nature of Cletus didn't <laughs> bother me because I'm watching a slasher movie and I'm instantly I'm just so used to that being yeah sort of like right. a trope from the get go. That these guys are going to be unstoppable, man, woman doesn't matter. <laughs> Machine, like I said, some of the choices, yeah, some of the choices. I don't know why. Like, like I talked about going outside for the lattice, giving the shotgun away, or dropping it, and then saying we need, we need to find a gun when you just 
got rid of the shotgun for some reason. And the one daughter, Ginny, with the... I mean, it was a cool scene. I actually liked the scene, but the bunny? Oh, yeah. Bunny it's just... Wow. The hiding spot. The hiding like spot. Oh, I, I, I like the look of it, but it was just... It was kind of silly. It was almost you ridiculous. Was silly? I thought the lead-up was, like, crazy because mm. you thought it was going to be something else at, at that point. Not her in there. You thought it was going to be something else. That was, like, freaking heavy to me. I was like, oh, are they really going to do this? And I, I don't want to spoil it, but... Which style? <laughs> Style. Which style? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah, you're right there. Um, man, there was something I want. I, I did it again. I found another way that these two movies that were featured tonight have a, uh, a hookup together. Can anybody tell me what it is? There's color. a scene in both movies that oh. is similar. About the color red. <laughs> And then to do a color. It has to do with something that happens in the film involving a character and something that he's accused of doing. Master I'll just say it. I'll just say it. No, no. Close, though. Close. It has to do with, like, a sexual type thing. Tell me Peter, oh, uh, Padre wait. Peter masturbating in the closet wasn't hilarious. Not masturbating, but there you go. Peeping? Peeping. Yeah. Yes. Peeping yeah. Tom. There was a peeping Tom in this yeah. one, and the other guy in the first movie got accused of being a peeping Tom. So yeah. once again, we find we find a connection. Somehow. Wait, what do what, what we... Wait, I'm sorry. Who was a peeping tom in which films? Don't look now. They accused him of being a peeping tom when he was looking at the the, the two the two uh, women and his wife. Remember the Italians? What are you doing here, peeping tom? Peeping oh, tom. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, and then this in this one. movie, when Padre was Peter. freaking going upstairs, Peter, oh, Peter. And, and, and the two people were messing around, the pregnant wife and uh, and uh, her husband. Yes, well, yes, she's obviously right. closeted. And he was He's obviously right. gay. Like he's he's looking at like that guy well, in the center the whole time. You think so? I just thought he was jealous of their relationship. That wishing no, that he could. Uh, no, 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 no. I think life. I think the sister is jealous of the relationship. I think Peter is totally enamored by Scott. He's checking out his ass, and then he's peeking. So when he when they say they're going out oh. to screw in the laundry room or whatever like that, you see his reaction right away, and he's going up and he's peeking, and he goes up to to. Take care yeah, of yourself. You know, afterwards. I didn't think of I didn't think of that, but I think you you're probably right about that. And that's wow, why the mom, that. when the mom and Susie are having a discussion and she's the mom uh uh D. Wallace's Diane is giving her money and she's saying, uh, this is for kids and she says it's not that easy. She goes, This could make it easy and you're not sure if she can't have kids and she's having problems and or if right. it's because they're having problems because He prefers you know, the cock. Yeah, there's a little yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the comment that she makes later with the sister, that's total bickering sister shit that, that we've seen. You know what I mean? That was believable that she was all oh, about her not being able to have a, a kid. She she threw out some remark. I forgot exactly what it was, but I thought this stuff was believable. And I haven't mentioned it yet, but I loved in the second the second half of this movie when we started getting into the way it, it was lit. With the with the different yeah. color lightings in the different room, and you know how I feel about Suspiria and yeah. House of a Thousand Cor- and movies that they incorporate that, that type of lighting. I thought that's what I'm saying. The production values and the choices to do that were great. And then throughout those scenes, you were seeing Christmas lights on the railing and in the background and in the house. And upon the second viewing, I got into it more as a Christmas movie. Where the first time watching it. It's like always with me. When I watch a movie the first time, I'm sitting there watching and thinking, okay, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? That's what's going on in my the whole time. That's why I'm second view Dave. That's why when you watch it the second time, you know what's happened. Now you look at it from a different perspective. And this time I was more so taking in the sights and the sounds 
And I wasn't as concerned with the story because I, I got it the first time, which doesn't always happen. With me. You know, sometimes they have questions. But maybe a second view will help me appreciate the, the Christmas aspect of it. And I'm not saying, of course, I'll I'll give it another watch. But I I just like I said, I just felt like this was like a home invasion slasher that that could have been any holiday or any given day. And I I, yeah, I didn't the get there. The music, yeah, the music the, was great Christmas too. Music yeah. They tied it in with certain things. It was really great. Almost like Krampus level, some of the stuff they did. You ah, know? Let's, not, let's not get crazy here. No, I'm, I'm telling you, there's Cletus when he's going through the woods and he's like, Ugh, and it's like they, uh, they have that haunting kind of Christmas music in the background and then it comes up and it's a beautiful shot of, of the trees in the forest there. Oh, man, I like... You're almost talking me down a half point for that I jumped it up. It's funny because you were view. almost you were you guys were, me down. you guys were almost talking yeah. me up. So. <laughs> well, when you when you hear my last when you hear my rating, you'll be like I think astonished. This I I'm, like, I, I, I no, really... I'm always thrilled when people love films. I really am. It's not that I didn't like it. I just maybe I had higher expectations for it. And I, like I said, I'll give it that second view. I just felt like like I said, Cletus and Diane's overall interaction just didn't I wanted more depth of dialogue there I love love the ultimate conclusion of the film oh the FU ending is great I love it it's it's it is great and I don't usually Mm -hmm. love those types of endings but I think it's fitting here because like I said we don't really have a uh a protagonist when it gets to this point that's true and you know I like that about my film sometimes and I notice that you have problems with that I like when everyone's a shade of gray and I don't have the genuine person to root for and root against because then I can just sit back and take it for what it is and say, okay, throw me. Let me just watch it and not have to, to pull, pull for anybody. Or to pull. Tommy motherfucking Atkins here. That's right. Thrill me. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. Nice. That's awesome. So yeah, I just I, I just enjoy the hell out of it. This is this is interesting. How we're I'm, all like, from I'm actually com- like I didn't really have a set grade in my mind. I knew a ballpark, but I'm like kind of playing around in my head with this movie right now. Well, you Which know, it's end. funny. It's funny, Brandon. You say that after the first view, I said, "Oh my god, that was great." And then I was like, as I just, like the next day, I was like, "Okay, maybe that was more straightforward." Again, like I re- I talked about uh, the Belko experiment earlier. Like straightforward is not necessarily bad. If it still is thrilling and and like we don't have to always have high art and have to dig deep yeah, for meaning, I agree. I mean, it's I agree. great when you can do that, but not every film's like that. And I can appreciate uh, Hollywood or or more standard fare as well being entertainment. And so I kind of thought this, and then I watched it again. I'm like, no, I was I, I, I it's not just straight laced. I think maybe there could have been some bigger revelation at the end, but I'm only saying that because. As you brought it up, I'm like, yeah, I could see that, but it doesn't take away from what I enjoy, and and, and the rating for the movie. I uh, yeah, it's a full head explosion. Full head explosion. I'm, I'm with you. You know, I don't think we're not going into spoilers. There's no need to, right? There's no need to. I don't think don't there think is a so. need to, unless no. there's a question that you're dying to ask, Brandon. That, Does anybody? That think... Yeah. No, 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 uh, no. I I have to. I I have to watch it again. I mean, even though I, you know, I'm feeling like Tab's going to be more in line with my rating, even Probably. though you, if, if half of us are so high on the film, I, I have to give it another watch. But like I said, I, I didn't even mind the straightforwardness of the story. Yeah, maybe a few more twists would have been cool, but, but it, to me, it all came down more of the, the, 
the character development of our two lead characters. Like I said, even though I criticized the daughters and all that, I, you know, and I praised Jerry and, and the uncle, you know, when it came down to it, Di- Diane and Cletus, I wanted a little bit more from, got a little bit more from Cletus. Diane just felt a little bit all over the place. At one point she felt apologetic. Then the next point she's trying to, you know, attack Cletus. Like, like I, I, I get the conflict there and that's the point of it, but, I don't know. Something just didn't feel exactly right, but a second view will help for me. I don't. I don't know. Like maybe uh, if we're not going into spoilers, I guess we have to go into Merrick with our. Yeah, we'll go into readings. Merrick. I'm ready if you guys are ready. Yeah, man. I mean, let's do it. Chad, um, be be our guest. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would probably give this a seven point five. I probably need to watch it again as well. I did watch it twice, but I I felt a lot of the same things that are the second time that I felt the first time, but maybe I need to, to go back and watch it with the idea that it is a more straightforward slasher. Wow. Yeah. I'll, that, I'll yeah. I wasn't expecting to come in that high the way you've been Yeah, I actually, I wasn't expecting it that wow. high either. And she actually came in a little bit higher than I did, but believe it or not, I, I did raise my grade a half a point here because, because of the conversation. We did have some good conversation. We talked about things, uh, I, you know, one of the things I've always talked about that, I don't know why, for some reason, I just have a hard time grasping onto in films, is music. And if you're telling me the Christmas soundtrack is there and it's really bringing you into the film and I'm missing it, that's because I'm paying attention to the dialogue and the characters and, I, and I'm not really listening to the music. So I got to go back and give it a, a fair watch and I'll, I'll adjust it for that. And uh, right now I'm going to come in at a seven. That's a half a point higher than where I was coming in at. So, so like I said, I wasn't coming in super low. I just... Uh, I want it to be at that like nine, nine and above range because I, I was I really expecting felt like... a six and a, I was expecting a six out of ten and a five out of you. No, I, I was go, I was gonna probably so, be around a, a six to six and a half, but you you guys you talked me up a little bit. There's 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 some merit to it looking at it as a straight slasher. And I'll tell you what, the second time we'll do that to you with the music, and I'll say this: I haven't talked about this on the show, but lately, and I never thought this would happen to me. Lately, I've been preferring watching movies on my computer on my mac with my freaking headphones Mm -hmm. because i i sound design because the where i'm at right now i can't put my music as loud as i want to on my on my sound system so it's kept in check and it's still good i still have a good sound system but it's kept in check but when i watch it on my computer and i'm right into it and i have the freaking earbuds earbuds in both ears i'm noticing a, a lot more you know, in the sound design department and in the music that, that I have in a while. So this movie definitely did that for me. So that helped a lot with it. And see, I'm not even coming in all that high. I'm an 8 out of 10. I mean, so... What? Like, you made, you really? made me feel this is bad. I'm only a point apart. That's Dad, what I'm saying. You, you almost came in higher than Dave. That's, a, that's why I was so surprised at her rating. It would have been an 8.5 if, not, if not for that reveal at the end of the way he looked. But how high am I going to go? It's a damn, it's a well-made slasher film that has a few faults, but the CGI and the reveal at the end. How high can I go? That's still uh, pretty high. Well, you can go high because I went nine. <laughs> wow. Nice. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And and I actually was even thinking it would have been a nine and a half. But that, I, I, that Cleus reveal and some of those editing choices, uh, it, it, just some shots in... in and the second half of the film just threw me off a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I can understand giving a perfect rating for imperfect film. 
if if it I mean we do that all the time like that sometimes imperfections yeah, are are what draw you to it uh like Army of Darkness has a ton of them I still love that movie but where I'm going with it is some of these I just thought you know could have been avoided I don't I don't know if it was budgetary restraints or restrictions or what it was but I thought it could have been avoided but that Cletus reveal could have easily just been edited out Amen. Yeah. absolutely and done let me ask you something now this obviously you know all of us actually gave it pretty good ratings considering we were on different sides at, at yeah. multiple <laughs> points but this is this technically counts as an australian film right oh does it yeah i think I so i oh, think it's it what counts in, so it, so it wouldn't be eligible for our top 50 slashers oh that's a shame you know it's weird because i was yeah. talking to a friend recently i was talking to derek and uh mentioning some of the slashers i still have to watch for the show and i brought up like charlie's farm and a couple others he's like Dude, you're doing North American. I'm like, oh shit, you're right. So yeah. Charlie's Farm's <laughs> off. You know, Masks is off, obviously. But oh, I knew Masks was off. That's I knew Masks was off. I'm just saying, like, there there's some good slashes we're leaving. Is off. Is Girl House but... count, or was that foreign too? No, that's Canadian. That counts. That counts. Girl House counts. Yeah. And when we say the Christmas music, we're not talking about you're gonna have like jingle bells and silver no, bells no, and all that. No, but we're but, talking about yeah. the score Orchestra. incorporating that 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 Christmas theme. It was. Um, you know, at the beginning, the best part of that a Christmas horror story, I knew you were that opening that. credit sequence, oh, it's that style that. that kind of seeps in very subtly in the background. It's beautiful. Yes. It the Christmas horror well. story, like I, I could, I could hear that now. That stuck with me. But I'm, yeah, I'm this, very, this doesn't open up Christmas. This opens up abortion. Ah, we hate it. We love it. It's all right. <laughs> abortions for all. It. Abortions for none. That's abortion. a sentence. And then, yeah. You know what it reminded me of Krampus in the beginning. Remember how that? The, the, granted, Krampus had that comical thing, but it was done the way it was shot. Remember the everybody in the mall yeah, trouncing and all that slow motion slow and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's what this reminded me of when it began, except it was an abortion critic, but it was the way it was shot and, and just kind of the tone of it at first. I, I was thinking of Krampus. Completely different yeah. type of films, but that just popped into my head. But yeah, hey. I mean, we could go all night going, how did Cletus even get there? Did he just walk cloak and all from wherever he was all so he up to the country? Died. Exactly. If you really want to tear it apart, we could tear it apart all night. Very Jason walking dagger. up to the house. Yeah. <laughs> Literally Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> this oh, was the sequel to Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, no. but it's good I expected it Eddie Murphy to pop out and go, Cletus, 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 Cletus. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Yeah. That was a great show. That was a- yeah. Thank you. Was a thank you for show. joining Tab. us tonight. Yeah, yeah seriously. Oh, that well, was- thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Oh, we're just sorry we kept you up so late, Ted. Oh, not at all. I'd be up this late anyway. So I, it's much later for you guys because you guys are on these coasts. Yeah, well, we're used to it, kind of. <laughs> we tried to make the cutoff, too, so we went yeah. late. But shockingly, not as late as I expected with doing as many round robins as we did. Yeah, right, we did. and having four of us. So, yeah, Red Christmas. Guys, Check it out. I think we can, all of us, despite our rating, at least recommend checking it out. I always recommend checking out a film. Even if I don't like it, in this case, I didn't dislike it. I definitely recommend checking it out. Spookies? You recommend checking checking out Spookies? No, Spookies is shit. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. And guys, make sure you, uh, actually, yeah, Ted, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? I was going to do it, but you could probably do a much better job of it. 
Oh, sure. Uh, the show is called Test Pattern or Girls in the Back Row, whichever one you want to check out. Um, Girls oh. in the Back Row is at TGI TBR. Test Pattern is at Test Pattern Show. Yeah, definitely check out both. Absolutely, because uh, I'll tell you what. When Tab does a show, she comes like crazy prepared. She yeah. has background on everything she does. She shows up. She's very good at what she does. So you guys. Yeah, I feel I feel self conscious about my performance tonight now, <laughs> after hearing Tab. <laughs> the, the biggest <laughs> reveal uh, is just tonight. Just tonight, <laughs> she dropped. She dropped pontificate on us. We've used pontificate on the show. No, you made we fun have of me. Not. Yeah, because no... you made fun of me for using it one time. Yeah, but you also then go ahead and ruin it by using hyperbole. Hyperbole, <laughs> hyperbole is fine. I'm telling you, it's I, used. I said it is fine. I said it's fine. He did say it was fine. I just said it's like cracking wise. You don't hear cracking wise that much, but it, it does count. Yeah, it's you know? it's uh it's beautiful. <laughs> hey, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, you need a third on test pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's one thing we didn't talk about in Red Christmas. I'm just going to say it real quick. Vicky's mother is a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I, I saved it in my mind. I'm like, I got to come back to this because that was just out of nowhere. That's what I get when I just read my notes. Vicky's mom's a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Vicky. She must. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I can't even it. explain it. Yeah, I suck. I know. I suck with and without notes. Look at me. <laughs> I read my notes, I suck. I lose my notes, I'm, I'm lost. I You're suck even Dave worse. Z. You got the Dave do? Z fanboys. Yeah, the Dave Z Nation. Yeah, they're out there. Somehow, for some Are reason. Are we going to get the hell out of Dodge? Yeah, let's get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> Tab, thank you again. Thank, thank you, guys. Tab. It, thank it was you, awesome Tab, to you. have you here. Uh, come back anytime. Just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to drop by again. And I'll say, okay, let's do it, guys. You know? So make sure you check her out. Uh, and her shows and everything else. And uh, next show is show 45. It's the big proto slasher special for proto slashers. We don't even know what they are. <laughs> we're still undecided, we aren't we? We know two of them. <laughs> we got Psycho 50%. and Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. yeah, we're halfway there. But we're doing proto slashers because get ready for the big show 50. But anyway, that's next show. So we'll see you again. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We love you guys. Tab, will you uh, do us a favor and give us your famous outro that you do on Girls in the Back Row? Oh, Girls in the Back Row? Sure. Um, Watch horror movies. Keep America strong. Boom. And not Canada. Peace out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love Canada. I'm sorry. You're a fucking dick. (laughs) 